0: Event, they've got all kinds of things to get the fans involved with the uh, the trucker puck huh? and they're going to have some slap shot competitions there uh, on the ice. So a lot of things for fans to get involved with, as well as uh, watching the hockey here at the uh, the Civic Center over the next uh, couple of nights. And uh, we encourage folks again coming out. You can buy tickets right here at the uh, at the box office and uh, enjoy both uh, both evenings. 6 o'clock tonight, I believe uh 5.30 tomorrow uh, for the the Saturday event. So a lot of people are going to come in and enjoy this. Should be a lot of fun tonight. And, again, uh, a good amount of skill level. And I think, again, when you see Florida and Georgia go after it in anything, uh, it's going to be fun. If you see Florida State and Georgia Tech, maybe not as, uh, as intense as Georgia-Florida, but, again, ACC rivals. And then certainly on Saturday night, when Florida and Florida State play, it's going to be intense. When Georgia and Georgia Tech play, in you know tiddlywinks, Winks, Queens, Hearts, uh, Blackjack—it doesn't matter. They're going to get after it. So uh, it should be a lot of fun the next two nights. And as you said, uh, you get a good appreciation for the skill level when you see them out there moving around on the ice.
1: Well, and I asked Ben. I asked you this in the car, and I was surprised at how quickly you answered. Uh, who is the bigger rival for Florida? Is it Georgia or Florida State? Because you'll have Florida and Georgia play tonight. I think that's set to start about about eight thirty. And then uh, tomorrow you will have Florida and Florida State. And I guess it depends on where you grow up. And maybe if you're from Florida and you're, you're a Gator, the Knolls, you're obviously from the state of Georgia. But uh, you didn't hesitate. And I know they just won the national championship. So mm-hmm. they're on your mind. They're front and center. But you, you said Florida State, not the biggest rival. It is Georgia, and it is Georgia by a wide margin?
2: I think so. And, B.J., and I'm, I'm, you put it out there. I am biased. Being a Georgia boy, going to Florida, that's something that I grew up – watching. Now, if you are a Florida guy, a lot of these guys grew up playing with each other in the AAU circuit, in the 707 circuit, so they will say it's Florida State, but I think Florida and Georgia. It doesn't stop, you know, uh, d- during the season, after the season, and because you know, you know, Georgia is coming off a national championship, that gives us, you know, Florida fans, the Florida alum, even more things to talk about. Because two thousand eight, two thousand eight. Yeah, well, 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 it's a, it's a. Well, well, Kevin, BJ, you know, it's that prejudice, right? It's like, it's like big brother, little brother, little brother syndrome. You're always going to pick at each other, no matter what. But we compare everything. So who's now. the
1: big brother and who's the little brother in the Florida Georgia relationship? That, that's ridiculous. I
2: mean, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, let's let's. Not that's not that crazy at this point. I mean, every day, every year at, uh, at holidays, you got two tables. You got you got the grown folks table. You got the kids table, and Georgia's been at the kids table a long time. Now 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 they get to come up to the grown folks table. They do not get to talk. They do not get to say grace, and they do not get to get their food first. You have you will wait because we have been here for a while. Now that's that's an accomplishment. I am giving Georgia nothing but praise as far as what they've done. But BJ, think about this. You say in two thousand eight, that means we've been to this table for a while. We've been at this table for a little while. now. It's been a while since. I'm not we,
1: saying it. This is what Bulldog Nation is saying.
2: All all, I, all I'm all I'm saying is this. We compare everything down the middle, right? You know, Dooley, uh, Spurrier, you know, you're talking about Herschel, Tebow. So it's never, ever going to stop. But it makes the rivalry that much greater when Georgia is winning, you know, winning the national championship. I think it's great for college football. Obviously, if you root for Georgia, you love it. If you can't stand Georgia, you hate it. It makes you sick to your stomach because – you know, we, when you the last team, Stanley, you got to acknowledge it. But, yes, B.J., there are two tables. And for a long time, you know, they've been eating the baby mac- macaroni cheese. Okay. It's, not, it's not the real one. It's, right. it's not All the right. one. But
1: here's what I want to know. If <laughs> if, 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 if you're a Georgia fan, yeah. you just won the national championship, mm-hmm. first national championship since 1980. Mm-hmm. Then you come to Savannah and you win the Thrasher Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what you're, you're a Gator. What do you say to that? They just won the football national title. They, they they feel like you don't I, want me to do this. Hold on, hold on. I've talked
2: to me to do this.
1: I've, I've, I've talked to some people who have <laughs> said who said the dogs are the favorite mm-hmm. for, the, for the Thrasher Cup here mm-hmm. at the uh, here at the Civic Center. I, is 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 there a is there a response if if if, if Georgia goes football natty and then goes? Thrasher Cup Championship. You might
2: want to call Snit. You know, you might want to call Alexander. You might want to call Solar Because that's who started, right? The Braves started, in that momentum. Because Kevin said there are no curses. The Braves said, "Listen, man, let's just start this thing." Here you go. Here you go, Georgia. Here you go, uh, Georgia in the Thrasher Cup. No, if Georgia wins it, they wins it. But but BJ, it's it's a it's it, that thing called momentum is something that Georgia really has right now. They got all the momentum, and I do. But I appreciate this. There are no fourteen size skates around here. I'm not putting them on my foot. I walked in with ankles, I'm gonna walk out with my ankles. I, mean, I'm I haven't not asked yet. I haven't asked. You haven't, don't need to ask nobody about my shoe size, okay? You don't need to worry about that. If Kevin wants to go out there and show off a little bit, I am I, I got my new phone, I got my new camera, and I can you know, and I can zoom in.
1: Well if I have to ask Kevin, what size do you wear? Yeah. No, I'm no, I'm I'm gonna go ask for you. I'm gonna go see if they got the minute I'm gonna go see Kevin if Kevin said got the I've known
2: you for too long, sir. What do you, <laughs> what, what,
1: what do you think, Ben? About uh what? That's about a, about eleven and a
2: half. About, but you know, I mean, yeah. Look, look, Kevin said, "Listen, but if you don't know, he'd be like, sorry, that's just that's not my size." Kevin said he's not. Kevin said he's here to show off to show off the golden pipes and get up out of here.
0: They, they, I, and, and and I'm not here to get between the pipes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, I saying. that's all I'm saying. No, I'm not that flexible enough to play goalie. I will pull something and that'll be all she wrote for me uh, at the end of the day. So, uh, again, it's it's a lot of fun to be here at this event. I know uh, everybody I've talked to that's come to this thing, they always enjoy coming to it. Good to have it back after a, a year off due to uh, uh, COVID-19. Good they were able to have this event here. And uh, the, the send-off from the uh, the Civic Center next year, they'll be at the in-market arena so uh, the, the final time, the Frozen finale, as they call it, from uh, right here at the Civic Center, going to be a fun one. Again, uh, buy your tickets right here at the box office. Or you can go to and They've got links to buy uh, tickets there as well. So plenty to get to here on the show as uh, we are coming to you live from uh, the Savannah Civic Center ahead of the Memorial Health, or the, excuse me, the in-market hockey classic here at the uh, uh, the, the savannah civic center we've got a lot to get you matt smith's going to join us southern we'll talk some football with him andrea adelson will uh, join us uh here on the program uh and we'll talk uh college football there of course a lot of stuff happening in the transfer portal uh, over the last couple of days from i mean we've seen it from a lot of schools but two teams that were just in the national championship it's been busy uh in the portal for both of those teams uh since the national championship game on monday night so uh, we'll talk about that as well.
1: And I was going to say news this afternoon about guys entering the draft, yep. returning to the draft. I know Chris Smith, Georgia defensive back, says I'm coming back for a year. Is Amir White, running back, says he's entering the draft. Uh, did see within the last few minutes out of Alabama, Slade Bolton, wide receiver, entering the NFL draft. Henry To'o To'o, linebacker at Alabama, returning. So whether it's the transfer portal or guys declaring for the NFL draft or returning, a lot of news, uh, especially from those two programs we just saw play for the national championship
0: absolutely we'll get more to that and just how special this georgia warrant run was when we return this is three and out live from the in market savannah hockey classic all across the southern pigskin radio
1: network clearly recognized that georgia was the best team in the country the national championship win uh validated that you think about a 14 and one run a record that includes wins over six teams who were ranked in the national top 25 at the time. But I saw a really interesting stat uh, from uh, at Eric Taylor, TTR on Twitter said the Bulldogs led the nation in point differential outscoring its opponents by 426 total points. And just for context, for frame of reference to understand just how dominant that is, Ohio state was number two in the country at 298. So for some critics who might say, oh, the schedule wasn't that tough. First of all, that's not true. And secondarily, we evaluate teams by, at the top, do they dominate their opponents? And Georgia absolutely consistently did. Again, the second most dominant team in college football this year per a point differential was Ohio State at plus 298. Georgia was at plus plus four. 26 that is unfathomable and when you look at some of the wins that i don't think people give georgia enough credit for you beat a 10 win kentucky team 30 to 13 you beat a nine win arkansas team 37 to nothing that was an arkansas team that was in the national top 10 at the time you beat them 37 to nothing you go on the road to tennessee when everybody in college football saying "Uh uh-oh Look out for this when Tennessee's on the rise, Hendon Hooker, you win that game 41 to 17. And then when you get into the college football playoff where in theory the competition is the toughest you're going to see, you beat Michigan 34 to 11, and that's with Michigan scoring a touchdown in garbage time. That game was over the first couple of drives and Georgia could have won that game 48 to nothing had they wanted to. And then yes, the pick six added to this, but you beat Alabama by 15 points. This Georgia team, it, look, not the star power of the Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jamar Chase, Jordan Jefferson teams, or some of the Alabama teams we've seen, even last year with Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle and Mac Jones and Najee. This Georgia team isn't going to get the all-time consideration, but in terms of what you did on the field, did you dominate the competition the answer is yes, and the answer is absolutely yes. Ben True, the numbers reflect that.
2: Yes, and uh, the thing is, every time you keep on everything, you can bring up a different stat every day for this Georgia team. You can bring you can, because BJ, as you mentioned, when you get to diving in, in, when you get the diving in the numbers, they did what they wanted to do on offense because you you couldn't move the ball on their defense. I mean, yesterday we were talking about the fact that this defense in the regular season didn't even give up. 100 points all season how many shutouts did they have this season and it's so and you know a team is dominant when they get to talking about you didn't play anybody no we didn't make them look like anybody when yes. we played them good, good that doesn't that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they weren't good teams so you telling me that you know uh you know 10 wins uh 10 wins uh you know uh, for, for a Kentucky team or you know nine wins for for an Arkansas team of course when they played Georgia they looked I mean beyond regular but Georgia just showed you their level of, and They got a chance to go back against Alabama. Most teams will never ever play Alabama. Nobody ever wants to play them twice. And Georgia showed that when everybody was saying, hey, man, maybe they didn't play up to to the level that they should because they didn't – they went into the NCAA championship game and didn't need the game. Then when Alabama dominates them, oh, well, Georgia's not the same team we thought they were the regular season. Well, they went undefeated in the regular season, and Alabama did not. Then when you get to – BJ, you talk about them against – you know, them in the Orange Bowl against uh, Michigan, how dominant that game was over with. And and, and, uh, Michigan – for those of you thinking, oh, how good is the Michigan team? Is it Michigan team that beat the breaks off of Ohio State this year? Dominated in the Big Ten championship, yeah, game, and, then, and, then, and, and potentially has the number one overall picking a guy, you know, in Hudson, Aiden Hudson. Then you get to the SEC championship game, it was it was back and forth, but at the end of the day, look at how they finished. They finished it running the football, you know, so they finished it with a pick six, uh, Stets national minute, title game, natural yeah. title, yeah. yeah. title game, and I just think sometimes, you know, I mean, obviously, I make jokes about Georgia, but that's all—that's all in fun. I, I have nothing but respect for what their team did. Nobody, when you look back on this, when you look back on this defense, Kevin and BJ, you're gonna say to yourself, "Dude, like, they weren't beating up on those slouches. They weren't beating up on teams that didn't have most of the teams they played. Right? Uh, you know, were pretty good teams that all most of them went to bowl games." Kentucky was a better team in the SEC East. Tennessee ended up in with a better record than than, uh, than Florida. But guess what? Georgia made them all look look normal. Georgia told them, look, in order to beat us, you got to move, ball on our, move, the, ball, move the ball on our defense. That's not happening. And you got to be able to, you know, shut down our offense. That's not happening. So, Kevin, BJ, yes. Once again, another stat. You know, for the Georgia team saying, look, four hundred and twenty-six points, you know, you know, uh point differential between us and our opponents. And that and that's saying something, especially when most of the most of the teams you look at the box score and say, is there a glitch uh in the internet? No, that would be a zero. How many zeros in the points column did you see this year against Georgia? That would be three or four times. That kind of stuff doesn't happen. Even in today's college football, especially when it's built to score points to be wide open offenses.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the part that is the most amazing is that in today's college football, you have offenses that are built to score. Uh, how many teams do we see that average over 30 points a ball game and you just have to try to outscore and win? I mean, that's what Big 12 football in a nutshell, right? The Pac-12 football plays that way. Uh, a lot also, of uh, just score, 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 score. And if we, when you have a defense that's dominating like Georgia, 15-plus wins in what, 13 of their 14 wins, 15-plus uh, point wins in 13 of their 14 wins, I mean, that's truly incredible. And as you said, the point differential in college football. 426 points you only play they played 15 games uh, and you were 426 points better than your than your opponents uh on on average i mean my math bj really stinks but you're talking on average here we go like i'm not going to do the full math, but on average (laughs) you're talking about 30 some odd points a game average win margin I mean, you're you're scoring more, th- or you're scoring thirty more points per game than your opponents when you look at something like that. I mean, that's insane. Yeah,
1: yeah it's it, it it's been sheer dominance, and I think there are times. I can after- break
0: out my phone calculator okay. if you want me to do the exact math. I like I mean-
1: it. I like it. There are times after the national championship game where I think fans kind of get into the, well, did the best team really win talk? And, and maybe sometimes, if you know, you know, you can make an argument that for stretches of the year, this other team. 28.4, by the way. Okay, I like it. That, I was close. That didn't win the national championship. <laughs> maybe they were the better team for much of the year. Georgia was the best team in the country. And for people who say, oh, well, look at the SEC championship. Well, sure, that was negated. That was offset by what happened in the national title game. But look at the overall body of work. Okay, who were Georgia's close games against in the regular season? Clemson. That's it. Mm -hmm. And
2: and, So the first game game of the year. The
1: first game of the year, and Clemson ended up, by the way, finishing with 10 wins. So for as much as for stretches of the season, you looked at that game and said, ah, well, Clemson's not that good. Clemson ended up winning 10 games. They finished, I believe, in the national top 15, and I've seen preseason polls for 2022 that have the Tigers in the top five. So your closest game was Clemson. You still won. You want to look at Alabama. If you're evaluating week by week, were you the most dominant team Alabama could have lost to Florida Alabama could have lost to LSU Alabama could have lost to Arkansas Alabama should have lost to Auburn so if you want to look at because I, I know we've seen some you know some fans say well look Alabama and Georgia they 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 played twice when you add up kind of the total point differential it's it, it, it's similar maybe Alabama by a point or two well Alabama also lost during the regular season they lost to AM and And they had three or four, maybe five games where it was close late. Georgia did not have that. Georgia dominated every single team they played in the regular season except Clemson. And that's the game you didn't dominate and you didn't give up an offensive score. So the defense was still overwhelmingly dominant. Uh, This was the best team in the country. Georgia was the best team in the country. Not only did the national championship reflect that, but the totality of the resumes and the body of works, whether it's Georgia versus Alabama, Georgia versus Ohio State, whoever you want to Georgia since whoever you want to compare them to, Georgia was the best team in the country, and as the numbers that we've talked about reflect, I'm not really even sure it was close.
2: It wasn't close, and I, you. <laughs> Dominus, at, Dominus might be doing it with this disservice. They were suffocating. They, they, they sucked the air out of the room. It was over. You know when they kicked the ball off. If everybody said, "Well, Georgia could have played this team. Well, Ohio State didn't want to play Georgia because they couldn't beat Michigan. And look at what Georgia did to Michigan. Look at the teams that both Alabama and Georgia played. When Georgia played Auburn, that wasn't a game. Yeah. When Georgia played Arkansas. That wasn't a game. Shut up. when Georgia played Florida. That wasn't a game. And when Alabama played those teams, Florida almost beat them. And you talk about LSU. You talk about Arkansas. You talk about Auburn. But Georgia is the best team in the country. They ran the gauntlet. They went undefeated. They were unblemished in the regular season. They they came up against a juggernaut known as Alabama, but they didn't need the game. Think about that. Georgia's going into the SEC game, and they don't need to win to get in. Alabama's playing with desperation because they do need it to get in. And then Georgia said, "We'll see them again." But those of you who think it now? Did Georgia? Did Georgia? Uh, did Georgia uh, get that old? That old. Monica of oh it's hard to beat the team twice well it's hard to be it's hard it's hard it's hard for uh, Alabama to beat Georgia twice this year Georgia got it done they are the most dominant this is the current stat and then somebody gonna pull up a stat tonight before we go to bed because they know and they go at BJ Bennett sports so BJ knows hey man I ain't even know they did this I like the stats yeah you're a statistician and not Kevin is doing math when you said it's not even allowed on this that show that was
0: amazing that's true <laughs> I, I mean I didn't get it correct I was just you know
2: I was within two points. So. No, if you were to ask Kevin, what is the population between Tuscaloosa and Athens? That would be because Kevin knows, though. population oh, oh, oh.
1: Kevin was destroying <laughs> me on that earlier today. We were talking about population bases in the state of Georgia, and he was remarkably on point. Hey,
0: we are trying to like way undershoot some some communities in our state. I
2: just had to cr- come correct. Ke- Ke- no. He was within
1: like a hundred people. No, no, no. Every Kevin county. has one.
2: No, Kevin has one. No, Kevin going to ask you one city or county? You talking about the city or are you talking about the county? Oh, he knows. He- <laughs> We all have our things.
0: I understand that. We are coming to you live here from the Savannah Hockey Classic the end market Savannah hockey classic here at the uh, the Savannah civic center, two nights of hockey action upcoming here. And we encourage you to come out, watch Georgia, Georgia tech, Florida, Florida state. As they battle back uh, against each other, trying to win that thrasher cup. And as you said, uh, we talked to Rob Wells yesterday, Georgia could be having one of the best weeks, you know, you win the national championship. And Oh, by the way, You win the Thrasher Cup as well. We've got more to come here on 3 and Out. Matt Smith will join us, southernpigskin.com. We will chat with him uh, in just a a little bit. This is 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com. Championship there on Monday night, and joining us here from southernpigskin.com covers the SEC. Matt Smith joins us here on 3 and Out. Matt, welcome, man. How are you?
3: Doing excellent, guys. Happy Friday.
0: I appreciate you coming on. And just your, your perspective, obviously in this state, everybody talks about 1980, 1980, and uh, trying to break that curse, which they did. But as uh, someone outside of the state of Georgia, what did Monday night's win do for uh, the perception of Georgia's program?
3: Sure. I mean, it's, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, I wasn't around in 1980. I've, I've never seen Georgia win a championship. So, it, you know, it's kind of cool to see, you know, when Clemson did it after the first time in 35 or so years, uh, Auburn as well, going back 10 years when they did it, even just as a neutral observer, it, it, it's kind of cool to see that. And, you know, for probably 20 years or so after 1980, Georgia wasn't super relevant on the national scene, particularly after Vince Dooley left. Uh, they were a you know a mid-tier SEC program for much of the 90s. You bring in Mark Rick, who did an excellent job there, got them back to prominence. And then of course Kirby coming over from Alabama said, you know, hey guys, we operate differently over there in Tuscaloosa than you guys do here in Athens. Let me come in and and fix this thing. And we have the resources to win it all, and we're going to do it. Uh, You know, a couple near misses back in 2017 and such, and and now they've done it. And I think they were the best team in the country, obviously the split with Alabama, but just looking at their four or five common opponents they had in the SEC, uh, the results are majorly stacked towards Georgia. So they were the best team throughout the year, had the one little hiccup. Uh, But once they ride the ship and played so well against Michigan, I, I felt pretty confident going into Monday night, even with the disadvantage. They probably had a quarterback. Um, For most people, thought they had a disadvantage at head coach. Uh, They overcame that with a great defense and very timely play by Stetson Bennett, was just a wonderful story. In a sport that's been dominated by quarterbacks and the robo-QBs that have been trained since they were 11 years old, um, to have a former walk-on come in and take down the winner for the national title. Uh, Just, again, as a neutral observer, a really cool sight to see and so happy for people who have been waiting uh, since they were kids, maybe, and are now in their 50s to see Georgia back on top.
1: And, Matt, with Stetson Bennett, uh, his story, obviously, incredible, but you mentioned the finish, the fourth quarter there. I mean, after the fumble, whether you think it was a fumble or not, you're looking at Alabama with momentum. You're looking at a fourth-quarter deficit for the Dogs, and Stetson Bennett finishes the game 5-of-5 for 82 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, really a legendary finish to the game with – all the pressure on him, because had that turnover been the turning point, we'd have seen all the conjecture on social media, well, they couldn't win it with Stetson Bennett. How impressive was that response from him over the final seven, eight minutes of the fourth quarter?
3: Oh, very impressive. I was, I think I was kind of concerned, like most people watching, that it's just between the fumble and the first or second drive, I guess, when he was the non-contact fumble. I kind of every third down for a while just felt the same. He was rolling out to his right, trying to run away from Mo Henderson, just throwing it out of bounds. And offense really wasn't doing much. And, like, can he win this game? And, you know, fortunately their red zone defense bailed him out, kept him in the game. Out of Alabama to the field goal, and uh, after Alabama got the touchdown following the the crazy wild fumble, no fumble, whatever you want to call it, there, um, just a masterful drive. Particularly recognizing that that play was offsides, he had a free shot. Whether or not that was going to be the, a play without the flag, you know, I don't think we'll ever know. But uh, he saw the flag, knew he had a free play, took a shot. Uh, to mitchell and the ball was exactly where it had to be great catch and, and from that point on able to come down and get the next touchdown to all but wrap up the game there and, and just wonderful and and like you said if that doesn't go their way if alabama holds on to that lead there and, and we look back on on the fumble and some of his earlier mistakes that's why georgia lost it's you know we told you guys they were never going to win it with stetson bennett you have to have a great quarterback to do it and well maybe not um he had plenty of help around him for sure but again just what a great story to watch in a sport where we've had, you know, Trevor Lawrence and and Tua and, and all these high first-round picks are going to go on to, to star, start them in the NFL. That's probably not the path for Stetson Bennett going forward. Uh, but it's a nice throwback to when you know, kind of, we were that age and you had Ken Dorsey's and Craig Krenzel and, and Josh Heupel and those guys win national titles as quarterbacks despite knowing probably not going to have much of a future in the in the NFL. And for the last ten years or so, it's been guys who are going to be first-round picks. And uh, to see someone kind of throw back to 20 years ago or so, again, that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I had my doubts about him through the third quarter about whether he's going to be able to elevate his play, uh, knowing they would probably need a touchdown or two to win the game despite the play of their defense. And he did just that. Like you said, those numbers, B.J., uh, they speak for itself, and he has his place in Georgia history and will never have to buy a beer in Athens ever again.
2: From great stories to uh, great runs. When you think about Kirby Smart, six years in, four SEC championship appearances, one SEC championship ring, now adding a national championship. Have you ever seen a six-year run at a school this this great? When you talk about a guy that was, like you mentioned, replacing Mark Ritt, but six years in, already won a national championship, been to four SEC championships. I mean, can he can he maintain this level of dominance for the next decade?
3: Yeah, that's the question. I guess I kind of liken it to the start of Saban at LSU. I don't think you can ever compare any, anything to what Saban did at Alabama to start. I think he had three national titles by this point. But uh, to what Saban did at LSU, winning an SEC, I guess, in year two and then winning a the national title in in year four before going to the NFL, I'd, I'd put it right up there with that, Ben. And going forward, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Well, of course this team's going to win another one in the next four or five years or so. They're loaded. They're recruiting so well. But just a couple examples going back to to 2013 Florida State and 2014 Ohio State, you tell those two fan bases after their national titles, you know, hey, it's 2022. Uh, Neither of you guys have won another one, and you've only been to a combined one title game since then, Ohio State last year. Like, what the heck happened? We're rocking and rolling. We're recruiting well. We got Heisman winners and and great NFL prospects coming out. How'd that happen? So that's never take it for granted. I don't think Georgia fans will after 40 years. They're going to enjoy this. They spend a lot of money going to games. They're going to spend a lot of money on merchandise and gear and all that. Um, again, just looking at the roster and where this sport is headed, it's hard to say they're not going to win another one or two more in the next you know, five, six years. Um, Kirby doesn't look like he's really looking toward the NFL or anything. So I think he's he's home. He's happy there. It's his alma mater. And you don't see him leaving anytime soon. So the stage is set. But, again, just don't take anything for granted in, in any sport. And I point to those two examples of, of teams that were on top, had great coaches, looked like they were going to dominate the sport, and, and they really haven't been uh, back to that level since seven or eight years ago. So, uh, enjoy it, celebrate it, but yeah, my hunch is yes, there will be another party coming up, uh, maybe not next year, but for the next couple of years. Uh, in Athens for another one to really stamp this program as a true dynasty uh, in the sport.
0: Yeah, and, and Matt, again, you don't know what the, the league's going to do schedule-wise or what it'll look like officially when Oklahoma and Texas come in, but right now in the SEC, it's Georgia and a huge gap back to everybody else in the East, and Alabama has kind of, if they're not one, they're number two every year in the in the West. How is anybody going to close that gap on them when, again, those two teams are dominating the recruiting rankings of uh, those two at Texas A&M aren't really close, even uh, when you look at everybody else in the SEC, they're one, two, three, and then a huge gap, even if you're sixth or seventh. Uh, Who's going to knock either one of those programs off right now, the way Nick Saban and Kirby have their programs going?
4: Yeah, and
3: that helps to why you're going to say, okay, they absolutely should win another one, because you would think playing in the East, at worst, we're going to go 11-1, and win the East, and at that point, we just got to win three games to win a national title, and we certainly have the players to do that. So can someone rise up? Going back to the point I made about Florida State, well, I don't think anyone really saw the surge coming from Clemson at that time. They were playing good, going 10-2, and two, but you know, they couldn't beat South Carolina, couldn't beat Florida State, and they did, and they got it rolling, and that was the end of Florida State. Um, so is Florida kind of that sleeping giant maybe? I don't think they have the roster right now to compete until probably at least 2023-2024 with Georgia certainly have the most resources, you know, are, are the balls back? I think we're going to have another offseason of that type probably. Um, probably not going to come to fruition, but certainly playing in the East um, for the next couple of years at least until we see how the realignment works out and the new scheduling works out. Again, it, it seems like a pretty easy path for Georgia because with the roster they have, right, how are they going to go worse than 11-1 and one with some of their schedules they're playing? They won't see Alabama in the regular season for probably another three or four years. Again, pending realignment and some of the changes with Texas and OU. Um, but, yeah, the, to that point, with the, the advantages they have schedule-wise, playing on that side of, of the conference, 11-1 and one should be – anything worse than that should be pretty much a disaster, I would say, uh, given the roster they're going to have for at least the next three or four years with the way they've recruited the past couple classes.
1: Matt, you go back to uh, the start of Kirby Smart's tenure and everybody said you know, he was trained and learned under Saban. How has he elevated Georgia to that point? I mean, is it, is, it, is it recruiting? Is it coming in with those unrelenting expectations that were there in Tuscaloosa? Has it been his X's and O's? Has it been the staff? I mean, when you look back on Georgia getting from point A to point B now as the defending national champions, what was the biggest factor in building that?
3: Sure. I mean, I think he obviously knew what Georgia could be, coaching in that league, being an alum, and and the talent and the, the surge of, of Atlanta. It's a huge population hub and so much talent coming out of Georgia. And I think he recognized that, recognized what things were being done in Tuscaloosa, and I think he knows it's all about the players. You know, He's certainly a good coach, a great defensive ex-to-the-nose guy. Uh, seems to have made pretty good hires. Uh, did a nice job, I think, bringing in a, a Todd Monken. Obviously, elevating Dane Landing looked like a huge success, and and he's reaping the rewards of that now as he gets he out west to Oregon. Um, but I think just saying, you know, players, players, players. Um, you can scheme up anything, but you got to have the players. I know Nick Saban, you know, told Mal Moore that back when he was hired at Alabama. He, that's how he sold himself on that. Um, he agreed Mal Moore would do whatever it took within the program to allow him to get those players. A lot of that was just keeping some of the boosters out of the picture, which is why Alabama was in trouble so much in the 90s and early 2000s. You know, just let him coach, stay out of this. Uh, we'll get the players and we'll win and you'll all be happy. And I think that's kind of the way Kirby has done things at Georgia. And, uh, you know, it took a couple of years to get it going, but now every, everyone is thrilled. So combination of factors, he's done a good job. Obviously some of his game day coaching was questioned for a couple of years in the losses to Alabama. Uh, probably wasn't great in the SEC title game, but that team was locked in ever since that loss to Alabama. Probably helped them, and they played just wonderful football, uh, winning games by, I guess, 20-some, 25 against Michigan and uh, and 15 the other night. So plenty of factors, but, again, he knew it was all about the players. He saw Alabama go to Dynasty, and I think he's about on the brink of doing so here at Georgia.
0: Matt Smith, SouthernPigSkin.com, our guest here on 3 and Out. Matt, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right, boys. Talk to you later. See you. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure talking with Matt Smith. We'll come back with more 3 and Out here on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Get the fans involved. You got a table set up for the teams uh, with their merch. I see Georgia Tech's got theirs going uh, just down to the uh, the right of ours. I think Georgia and uh, Florida State and Florida will be here momentarily. But, chance, I mean, again, this is not just, hey, get your this is Georgia hockey merch or Georgia Tech hockey merch. So, it's team specific uh, type stuff that you really can't get anywhere else. And, Again, just a fun couple of nights uh, here at the Civic Center.
1: Oh, the merch is really cool, and uh, the sweaters, the jerseys—I know we see them. Sometimes they change them every couple of years. Uh, the designs, the logos are are neat to see. I think Christian uh, at his all, at at his desk actually has a Georgia hockey hat, I believe. Uh, so the merch is is uh, something that's always popular, and, and and yes, everybody has a football national championship uh, uh, shirt by now. But but come on out and get your uh, your your Georgia. Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State hockey gear. And, sure. and, you know, just a cool opportunity for the student-athletes. It's a really neat event uh, locally for the city, for the community, but also for the student-athletes of these four schools to come and play. Uh, a big venue like this, big crowd, lots of media attention. Uh, it's a wonderful setup when you walk into the ice, uh, the uh, the uh, rink, and you see the ice and you see just, you know, the, the banners and the signs up. There it is. Slap the damn puck. There it is. <laughs> Christian's hat. Yeah, okay, okay. But it's a it's a cool thing. It's a lot of fun. And he's got the puck. I didn't know he had yeah, the puck.
0: he's got the puck as well. So, uh, again, speaking of Georgia B.J., some breaking news here this afternoon that some of it not really all that surprising. You knew this was going to happen with uh, the, the run that Georgia had this year winning the national championship. But Lewis Seen, now the latest into the – not the transfer portal – with the NFL draft.
1: Yeah. Great player. You know, had a really good season and was the defensive MVP of the national championship game was, was all over the field and was showing that one-on-one ability to tackle in space. That's something that always matters in the national football league. You know, you talk about speed, you talk about being a ball Hawk. You talking about making a play on, I talk about making a play on passes, all that stuff matters, but In the National Football League, you've got to be able to tackle in space. You've got to be able to identify the play, uh, read, react, and then bring down the ball carrier. And Seen has been great at that all year. I know it's a defense that was dominated by the front seven, right, Jordan Davis and all the defensive linemen and Kobe Dean and Nolan Smith from right here in Savannah. But uh, Lewis Seen, of course, was a big part of that uh, and and kind of an unheralded secondary uh, for much of the year for Georgia. So I think he's a guy, wouldn't surprise me if you're talking – Late first round, maybe early second round uh, type 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 role uh, for for Lewis scene type type draft uh, projection. And we'll see how that plays and evolves over the next month or so. But I think Lewis Seen's a very good player and is going to have a lengthy career in the National Football League. And Kevin, that's a pretty good uh, way to leave national champion. Defensive MVP of the national championship game. That's a pretty decent springboard into the NFL draft, I think.
0: Yeah, not a uh, a, a bad way to wrap it all up. Uh, if you're going to win the national championship and be one of those legendary, iconic football teams, uh, as you said, uh, B.J. Bennett, uh, going out on top with the national championship. But again, we're here at the Savannah civic center, uh, getting ready for the in-market Savannah hockey classic, the frozen finale here at the civic center before they move over to the new in-market arena next go around. So a uh, chance to go out and, uh, send this event, uh, over to the new facility with a bang. And again, you have Georgia tech and Florida state coming up at six o'clock, Georgia and Florida. I wonder if there'll be any 2008 chance. Yeah. Uh, Coming back, I haven't done any research. I know uh, they said it's been a while. I'm going to do this. I wonder if the last time Florida won the Thrasher Cup was 2008. Whoa! If it was, wouldn't that be some uh, some symmetry? Look at the, at the, re- end the- look I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to no I'm, I don't know if that's true. I'm going to look it up during the break at when it, when it's all said. That's
1: something else, Kevin. You okay? I
0: I don't know if it's true. I'm just saying it is, was, if it is, that would be
1: incredible. If it is, you deserve all the credit for that for that theory. So you can, you
0: can start uh, the 2008 chance here tonight. And, and uh, Ben will come up with some clever rebuttal for the Florida Gator fans to, uh, to rebut with as well. But coming out to the Savannah civic center should be a whole lot of fun tonight. A lot to do with the family. Uh, They got Chuck a puck. They got some great slap shot uh, contest in between periods uh, going on as well. So a little bit of something for everybody. Plus some great hockey here over the next two nights at the Savannah civic center. We're coming right back. We got take three. I believe it's all hockey based uh, in take three coming up here in our number two. It is three and out all across the Southern pigskin radio network. Hit us up on Twitter at pigskin radio. Savannah Hockey Classic and tomorrow night Savannah Hockey Classic with Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State all in action here over the next couple of nights as well. we got a busy hour uh, number two as I think we're trying to get Ben down on the ice, get get some skates on. We'll see if we're able to, uh, to swing that. Also, the very latest with the NFL draft, with the transfer portal. It's been a bustling couple of days for Alabama and Georgia following the national championship. So we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But first... Let's take three here on three and out. All right. This might ruffle some feathers. Take one, the tougher sport, football or hockey.
1: Oh, boy. And I have to answer this sitting right next to Ben. Don't look at me, man. Listen. Okay. Give me the stare down. Yeah. I I am not tough enough to play either. Okay. This is serious. But I I do think Ben... I have to at least acknowledge and appreciate when we were down at the at the rink earlier. When you get hit in football, you you fall down onto the grass, right? Or or I mean, the artificial turf. I Not guess, all the time. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. yeah it's simulated. But the ice. I mean, you fall down on the ice. I just standing on, it's hard enough. I mean, with shoes on, much less skates, and then you fall down on the ice. I mean, you got, like, if somebody throws the football at you, I know you're supposed to catch it, but if it, like, hits you in the shoulder or hits you in the gut, you're all right, right? That's the, that, that's something you can manage. You get hit with a puck. Have you ever held a puck? I mean, a puck is a puck. Okay, first, first time we came here years ago, I'd, I'd never been to a hockey event before, and I was surprised at how this might sound stupid, but I was surprised at how hard the puck was. I really was. I mean, it is a substantial <laughs> – I, I mean, it is. I was just surprised. I mean, if you get hit with that, it's going – it's, it's like a baseball. It's yeah. going to leave a mark. So, because of that, with all due respect to all my football stars, football players, they're both up there. It's 1A, 1B. I'm I'm—I'm I'm sorry, Ben. I'm going to lean you hot. you get hit with a football and okay, well, you well, don't well, catch well, it, well, it, is Well, it well soft?
2: here it is. Well, here it is. I okay. Got, hold on, on, on. Hold on, hold on. What is – me, me, number one. You he know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there are too many things tougher, tougher than football. But I, but I, I, still, I still have a lot of respect, uh, you know, for hockey players and everything they deal with. We talk about the fact that, you know, some guys are just out there to be enforcers. Some guys are out there to just right. enforce their will. But I will say this, That's BJ. That's job. BJ, here's the thing. What do you rather do? <clears throat> You rather catch you rather catch the ball over the middle with you know Derwin James barreling down on you. I mean, I hear you. Or or you got to go out there and de- you know deal with some contact, fully padded up on the on the hockey rink.
1: But, but kind of the same thing happens, right? I mean, you have guys go for you have guys go across the middle and get get checked is that the right phrase in hockey yes look yeah. they're very comfortable football i could go with football i'm just saying the difference is you
0: have large individuals here, moving yeah. very rapidly Your okay now
1: now no, like yeah. you said you have guys in hockey i mean i don't know enough about the sport to know the full totality of the scheme requirements but at least like casually speaking their job is to be an enforcer like they're going to knock you into the plexiglass siding, yes. and then you're going to fall onto the ice, where you might get hit. With well, a stick well, well, it a might, well,
2: it might. Well, in that case, it might be. It might be a hockey now, because at least in hockey, you can still blindside. Dude, you can't do okay, that well. in football anymore. But once again, BJ, once again, you got an option. You know, you know, you're going to get hit. I'm
1: picking neither. <laughs>
2: I, I, I will say this though. Uh I will say this. I try not to I know I said football, but in all due respect, I try not to say because obviously I'm biased towards one way. I try not to act as if one is tougher than the other because let's face it, I could not do hockey. I'm not trying to act as if I could I'm not I'm not athletically arrogant to think I could do it. But what now, the endurance factor, that's definitely hockey. These dudes do not stop. They're, they're back and forth constantly, at least with football. We get a little second in between. But, you know, obviously I'm biased when it comes to football, but I've seen a lot of hockey players. And the one thing, Kevin, I know really, really good hockey players, a lot of them, not only do they not have teeth, some of them, they don't even mind not having teeth, and they smile at every camp. Kevin, okay, it was so, a
1: tiebreaker. Everybody, Kevin, you know more than me. Everybody who plays hockey is probably going to get hit. You have, you have guys <laughs> on the football team who aren't getting hit. Yeah, what, kickers and punters.
2: Well, what well, BJ. So be well, BJ
0: so, so, so. well, you're not supposed to hit the goalie either in hockey.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. I mean, he I was, see people running. Well, he was in the way. Right. <laughs> Kevin, you have to be the tiebreaker then. Man,
0: uh, uh, I, I think they're both equally tough because if, if it, one. everybody would do it, uh, I'm going to go with football guys because, again, I know you say hockey you could get run into. You can get run into playing football, you could also get. Fallen on
2: by a three hundred pound dude. Oh, that's you're gonna get melee yeah. in football. You're gonna get to rock them. Because the
0: in hockey, you have to fight, but at least you know the fight's coming. In football, you're on the bottom of the pile, and there's you know who knows what's happening. That's there. That's, a, that's all I'll say. I mean, it, it, I'll, I'll say football, but it's very close. I'm not trying to insult anybody. They, they'd all put me in the in, in the body bag if it, if it got nasty. All right, take two. Who is your favorite NHL hockey team? <laughs> I know you're all big, big fans uh, watching oh, the Golf man. Network, uh, of uh, watching hockey. I
1: think we actually had a challenge one day at the office where, you know, Mark, who's from up north, a little, little more knowledgeable of a hockey fan, and we were trying to name all the NHL teams we could name. I mean, for me, I think the Mighty Ducks have got to be up there, right? I mean, I, I mean, they have to be. They were created. They
0: don't have to
1: be. They have to be. If you're a fan of the mighty, well, we didn't series, say the
0: best name. We said, "What's your favorite one?" Okay,
1: but what else would I be basing my favorite off of? Atlanta doesn't have a team anymore. I mean, I, then you lived in Tampa. You went to some Lightning games, right?
2: Uh, I, I did. I did go to. Well, well, I went to a Lightning game during the uh, my uh, my last two years in uh, college, losing the Outback Bowl. But, and I'm gonna say this. Look at you. I mean, you got. You got the uh, you got the penguins, right? You got the penguins. Yep, yeah. But my, my my favorite is uh, that's why I said the whole uh, no teeth thing It's Alec Alex, Alex Ovechkin because you know he has no teeth. I think he's from Russia. I think he's like one of the one of the uh, greatest scores in NHL history. Who does so he play for? He played for the Washington Capitals. Yeah. The Washington Capitals, right? I don't know. <laughs> I know Washington Capitals
0: is a team. I don't know who played for them. Alec Ovechkin. Obech- That's what I'm saying.
1: I'm not saying that that all things, you know, if I grew up a fan or there was a local team, that NHL that the best – Reason to go with the Mighty Ducks would be because they're named after a movie series I like. But given that I don't you have, you want to say the Seattle Kraken? I do like the Kraken. I've watched a couple of Kraken games on. Is that, is, the that the, is that
2: the greatest name in NHL? It might gym? be. So that's what I'm saying. Released, have to. How, many time, how many times? How many times the sports now they have to say release the Kraken?
1: One, one billion. Every
0: <laughs> time
2: they <laughs> score, right. they release so, the
1: Kraken. So because of that, I think that's fair. You go off of things like nicknames and the story or the, or, or, or the history of the franchise or whatever. Uh, didn't the Atlanta Thrashers become the Winnipeg Jets? Jets? Is that uh, am face I remembering?
2: Like, the, face like Winnipeg. Did they become the
0: Calgary? It might be. Did they become the well, Jets? Well, the Winnipeg Jets were a uh, were a uh, franchise before, and they went away. And I think when the Thrashers moved, yeah, they might have become the Winnipeg Jets. All right, so,
1: then, so I, I don't know. That to be a fact. I, I'm, again, I'm not. Maybe I could go. Maybe I could go with the Jets. I, I don't know. I'm trying to talk it out. But until I'm given a better reason, otherwise, I will go with the Mighty Ducks. Shout
2: out to the Ghost Pirates, by the way. Savannah Ghost Pirates. Savannah Ghost Pirates. NHL team. Kraken. Capital. Kraken. Alec Ovechkin. No teeth from Russia. Deal with it. All right.
1: What about you now?
2: Uh,
0: Probably back in the day when I did watch hockey a little bit, I would say the Colorado Avalanche. Okay. Oh.
1: Well, he does like the Rockies, You know that. Yeah.
0: You had to Patrick Wah.
1: Roy for all of us. English okay, name one other player who have ever played for the Colorado, whatever the Avalanche.
2: I don't remember at this point. It's been well, hold on, hold on. What's the one guy name? They call him Super Mario or something.
1: Like, Mario Lemieux.
2: Mario? Is that him? He plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right? And then obviously you got you got the other B, You got the goat, Wayne Gretzky. He
1: played for a play big for what? The the, the the Edmonton Oilers, the Kings, the LA Kings.
2: Yep. Is that is. So oh. that's, I believe so. Really? No, 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 no. We asked. I know the greatest. Kevin, uh, is, I didn't say Alex, name every NHL team. No, I Kevin said, what's your favorite? Kevin said, a, BJ says, Kevin, is Alex going to bet that Kevin hit him with the... Eh? I don't no, know. I have no idea. Oh, I don't no. know.
0: <laughs> I, I don't I can't know. can't say. I don't know. I'm being honest. That's the very <laughs> the Hey, it's uh, moving along. Take three here at the uh, Savannah Hockey Classic. We're at the uh, Savannah Civic Center. What is the best hockey movie ever?
1: a tie between Mighty Ducks 1 and Mighty Ducks 2. Oh my God. No, because they're equally... Look, you think about, and and we just talk about Sean Quinn and his Fraught. affinity for the Mighty Ducks. No, you can get into that in a minute. Okay, the Mighty Ducks, you're talking about a team that has struggled, a team that had not had a lot of success. Struggled. Well, I'm like, yeah. They, they didn't were, win a game. Right. I mean, that happens. That's part, you know, that's... Look, you see teams that don't win games. You see teams that that, that struggle and then find a way to get to that next level, whether it's, you know, the, the, the cohesion of the team whether it's the coach coming in, whether it's just the persistence that that, that ultimately pays off. The Mighty Ducks were able to become local champions, inspire a lot of people, and then become global champions. When you talk about representing the United States of America on the international stage, and you had to beat the Hawks, right? And, and, And Mighty Ducks won to get to the championship. You had to beat, what, Iceland? in in mighty ducks too to get to the championship so there are always challenges but you got to find a way to trust your teammates mm-hmm. you got to find a way to to trust your potential mm-hmm. you got to get you know go with the flying v mm-hmm. you got to do whatever you got to do yep you got to go with the knuckle puck yep. i mean you have to do a variety of different things and you find a way to an iconic all-time what what are you shaking your head of? They huh. won a local championship. They won an international championship. What that, are you shaking your head at? That's
2: good storytelling.
1: Okay. What's, what,
2: am I wrong? No, no. I'm just the mighty does of the Rocky uh, of 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 you know like a uh, you know uh, hockey teams. I mean, you go from we can't win a game and now we are representing America. No, so it's worse no, than no, that. No, no. I will. I will. Lay no, 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 no. It's, it's it's miracle. I'm, I'm sorry. Like at the at the end of the day, you know, when you think about the fact that oh, you talk about you talk about a team that you know Kurt Russell, a guy that wasn't even co- you know coaching like you know small time you know small time hockey people think can he get it done? They Bring him in. They they come in, Kevin, you know, they got the all star team. They're supposed to be there for for five, six days. He said, That's my team. What? He ends up going up against the greatest hockey team of all time.
1: Obviously that's a great I'm talking about like
2: fictional movie. So you t- so you, so you, ra- you you rather take the quack attack is back, Jack, over...
1: Miracle's y- the ghost story. That's, that, that, well, hold that's hold as good
2: as on, it gets. Hold, get. hold on. No, 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 BJ. Let, let's, just, let's just switch it for a second. I mean, you want to go with the fictional... Rocky, Sylvester Stallone has a real statue in Philly because people like storytelling. Rocky got hit in the face 250 times and he won. That doesn't happen in real life, but I do like the Mighty Ducks. I'm not saying I wasn't a Mighty Ducks fan. Kevin, he yeah. you was know a Mighty Ducks fan. But Miracle lets you know there is a. The, listen, we went to the library. I said, Where's Miracle? That's the Ninon yeah. Where is Mighty Ducks? Oh, we got you know, a whole. Oh, that's over there in the. I go with that. System. Yeah, best. No. Yeah,
1: best <laughs> true story, and then and the best fiction yeah. mo- kind of movie.
0: No the, no, the 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 best one for sure is Miracle. It's a great story. You beat the Russians, and yeah. uh, you, you know, do you believe in miracles? It's a tremendous, tremendous thing. Mighty Ducks, you have to suspend a lot of disbelief. Uh, it's it's a it, movie, it, it, no, I'm not but, but but sometimes you have to suspend a lot of disbelief. I mean, it, again, these are kids that stink. By their own admission, they stink. They they're bad.
1: So you're saying it's unrealistic.
0: Completely unrealistic. Let me let me let me like, no, let me walk out the timeline. Normally, people get better, right? As as it gets over. Really? So, so here's the deal. They stink. A guy shows up who doesn't want to be their coach, and in the course of three, the season has already started, mind you, right? If you're watching, my the season has already struggling. started. They were they, struggling. They, they, they were struggling. So you already started. in the course of the season already starting, they managed to win a game. They won one game. And tied once, and the whole team got the flu. You hear a, that? Yeah. The whole team got the flu. So, so Not that's how. League. So that's how they got there. So then, despite all that non-success, they managed to win one game, and then they end up winning the league. So they win the local Minnesota Rec League, and from that, they parlay it into a world, a world team. So most of these kids can't play. They end up being on an elite level team in the Mighty Ducks too. They find a guy who's yelling at him in the stands to come in, and this always works. Hey, just find a dude in the stands; he's better than the. the, the so he You're comes it's up unrealistic. So he comes in and get so. So then they go that and they beat what Iceland and they win the Pan Am Games Junior World Championship. And you parlay all that realism into the third movie, where a team that has gone from stinks to world champions can't beat a high school varsity team. I didn't make that. The, the, I'm saying. I didn't so that's the third so, so you movie. But you understand what I'm saying. You win the Pan Am games and you are the best hockey players in the world. Allegedly, and then you can't beat a high yeah, this school is all varsity I'm saying. team. If you're like
1: going to oh, be mad that Mighty Ducks and Mighty Ducks 2, which is a make believe movie, is unrealistic, the whole things are shit. Okay, don't you and Christian and everybody like love all the Marvel movies? Like, you understand that you have to suspend belief to like those as well? I'm just
0: saying, like, with my sports, I like a little bit of realism.
1: Okay, so sports always okay. is where it needs to be real. Everything yeah. else, you can have dudes flying on dragons, and I get it. Flying,
0: I can suspend disbelief when you're talking about like people don't have. Laser shoot, but like in the realm of make believe, teams don't stink for the whole season and then win the league. Worst, like in
1: wor- worst to first, baby, <laughs> the Braves, early
0: 90s. Okay, and, and okay, so they won the National League West. Did they win the World Series that year? Not quite, no, and that's a little different level than we're playing youth hockey with players that stink. It's easy to so have a dramatic. Finn understands what I'm talking about. Hockey. Okay. Ben. Ben's a former NFL player.
2: Okay.
0: There's a youth football team. They mm-hmm. stink. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're w- they're 0-4. Okay. Yep. They're playing with hockey helmets instead of football helmets. They don't even have shoulder pads. They got old 1990 phone books that they just strap to their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Ben, as he gets in trouble, and Ben has to coach this bunch of rejects Wait, to, 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 go, <laughs> to go out and play. Let the man all tell the, the story. All of a sudden... Ben takes this team who barely knows how to hike a football you have nobody that can throw a football you barely have anybody that can catch a football and ben wins the league with that bunch of scrubs it doesn't happen
1: great coach
2: it's not going to happen in, it's, it's, it's not going to happen <laughs> hey, in no, way talk things out. No, no 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 let's no, no.
1: talk out the last marvel movie a dude is like in charge of the galaxy and doesn't he destroy the moon yeah so, are we
2: going to talk things out and, 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 and critique I'm the I'm talking about sports. Hold, okay. hold on, hold on, realism realism is, hold on. Hold on. Let, let, let's, let's just make a real sport. Let's just make a real sport. Okay. <laughs> one of us moved for a team in the National Football League, right? Mm-hmm. They won one game two <laughs> years ago. They won one. Three games this year. All right. Now, now this is the thing. When you're talking about them, those two extra games they won, did that make you go, this team got a shot to go all the way next it's year?
1: It's harder to climb the ladder in pro sports than it is in youth league sports is what I think this movie reflects.
0: Let's let's put it in an equivalent that BJ understands. This would be like Rice uh, coming in and winning the Super Bowl, and then by the third movie, Rice can't beat Jackson. They they, they can't beat uh, you know uh, Benedict. They 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 can't do it. That is the equivalent of the Mighty duck. I don't want to play Benedict. You are the best in the world. You can't beat a good a good high school team. That's all I'm saying. Kids were older. I really.
2: Emilio Estevez went from hey, man. I got char- him and Charlie just chilling. Next thing you know, they on the national stage. Listen,
0: if you're on the national team, you don't think you could beat a state championship good high school team? That they have all, an, all
1: the best and players. 14 year old and an
0: 18 year old. No, 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 Can't, can can't do it. Why ducks asking me to suspend too much belief? what they could do.
2: Do you believe in the Mighty duck? DJ said, yes, part one and part two. Your goalie couldn't play.
0: <laughs> and over the course of four games, he can't play to like he's standing on his head doing splits like he's the most immobile kid you've ever seen in your life. And all of a sudden, he's Patrick Law in there stopping pucks. It's ridiculous. Okay. It's sports. You don't get that good that quick. You don't. You don't go from can't play unless you like to, Mike with to national shoes. championship good in four weeks.
2: Doesn't happen. You can't, listen, BJ said you can say whatever you want. He knows that Mighty Ducks is it shaped his it shaped our uh childhood part well, one and part two. Million Essenday,
0: that's take three. We're going to do a whole another take three just on the Mighty Ducks travesty, and we'll do that another day. We'll come back. We got more to come three and out on the Southern Pigskin radio network going on here the next two nights Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State all here competing for the Thrasher Cup over the next two evenings here at the Savannah Civic Center the Frozen finale here at the Savannah Civic Center before they move over to the new in-market arena there as well so games tonight start at 6 o'clock with Georgia Tech and Florida State, Georgia and Florida tonight uh, following that so a full night of action for you here at the Civic Center love to see you come out and uh, have a good time and uh, watch this, uh, this event and again if you've never been I encourage you to check it out, it's a really, really fun time. What about uh, speaking of uh, busy, you've got Samir White entering the draft, James Cook went into the draft yesterday, you had Lewis Seen entering the draft today for, for Georgia, so it's been a busy couple of days here for the dogs, winning the national championship and then transfers. NFL, I mean, you, you knew the NFL draft thing was going to happen. I mean, yeah. that's uh, that's a no brainer. Anybody that plays in the national championship game at this point. Is going to have NFL draft news. I mean, you've got the two best teams in college football, but Georgia certainly has been a busy couple of days post championship regarding the draft and regarding the transfer portal.
1: Sure, and I think with both of the running backs, uh, James Cook yesterday and Zamir White today, I think both guys have a lot to offer. Uh, teams at the next level. I think that. I think that James Cook, his versatility. You saw what over a hundred yards receiving, right? Uh, in the in in the Orange Bowl against Michigan, you had the big run, kind of the signature run of his career, which helped Georgia win a national championship late in that game against Alabama. And I think his speed and versatility, uh, is something that'll be appealing to a lot of a lot of teams, and then Zamir White, you know, twenty five rushing touchdowns for his career over two uh, two thousand, excuse me, career rushing yards. But I think he's a guy that could be effective in the red zone. I believe he had twelve rushing touchdowns uh, last year, eleven rushing touchdowns this year. Scored the first uh, touchdown period in the national championship game as it was all field goals prior to that point and then you've talked about this a lot I know you said hey the hardest yard to get sometimes is that that third and one or that or that red zone goal line you know it's third and two third and one uh, at the goal line a lot of teams will go shotgun and, and 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 go three four wide receivers on it I think Samir White has proven throughout his college career that he's a guy that can that can excel in the red zone so I think I think Cook and White look Georgia every year seemingly has one running back if not two running backs uh, get a chance at the next level, and I think both the, both of these guys, uh, who are a good player, very good players for Georgia, will have this opportunity, uh, the same opportunity as some of their predecessors to play, and play in the NFL.
2: The one thing that uh, Kirby Smart has done for his running backs, Cook and White, is he's put those guys out there in the best possible position to succeed as far as like what they do. BJ, you talk about Cook, a guy who's very, very versatile, who who can definitely go out there and catch the ball out the backfield, who definitely is a guy that can run in between the tackles. He's a home run threat. But I, I'm very, very impressed by Samir White. Let's face it. He was the number one running back in the country when he came out. Zebo, you know his nickname, and he got hurt. When you first get to college, the first thing you're trying to do is build confidence. He comes in the ads and he tears his ACL, and people think, "Is he gonna come back to finish his career with with, with, with double with double-digit touchdowns, over two thousand yards?" And you know he was doing it, you know, uh, sharing the wealth, and he gets to add a, a national championship, you know, to his resume. That's gonna get a lot of guys more looks. So now Cook and White is gonna get a lot more looks because they're gonna say, "Hey." When them guys went away from the run game, like we never went away from the run game, we just made did a more complimentary running game. And you go into the season knowing it's not going to be a quote alpha dog. It's going to be two, maybe three guys, you know, sharing sharing the rock. And I, the one thing I can appreciate about Cook as well is these guys they're, they're 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 being productive with limited opportunities. It's easy to go out there if I'm the number one guy and put up you know over a thousand yards. But if I know I got to share the wealth, because at the end of the day, Cook and Zamir White, certain games the running game did take over. And those guys never, ever, they never, ever complained. They never, ever made waves. They did it the right way. They get to walk away as the national champion. I think both of those guys are going to be big time pickups for whatever team decides to call their name. And again, you've had uh, Alabama with
0: uh, several transfers uh, out there as well. Georgia's had a few guys enter that transfer portal. And again, what do you think leads to all that? Because I know sometimes people sit back and say, you're just on a team that won the national championship. Guys are leaving. Guys are going to the NFL. There's going to be opportunities for you to step in and play, why would you transfer out of a program like Alabama or Georgia at this point, especially if you were second on the depth chart, uh Ben, this season behind a guy that's going to the NFL?
2: Well, that's the that's the reality of college football now. I think we, we what we fail to realize about Georgias and the Alabamas of the world, these guys were a part of number one and number two recruiting classes, right? So they've know they know what that circuit feels like, and now they know when that look. The current crop is what they're looking forward to. They want to develop the young talent. And I can see I can see my role diminished. Sometimes, Kevin Man, you you that's understanding what college football is. These guys got more options. And let me say this. Just like if just like in uh, just like in basketball now, if you got a team, I mean you got a team in the tournament that got a bunch of seniors, that's rare. You don't have a bunch of seniors anymore in the tournament. Guys getting out of there, especially if they want and does or things. Like that When you talk about football, I know you got to be there three years out of high school. That's a requirement. But all it takes is one year. Maybe sometimes a moment to see what guys can do. And they're walking away healthy. They're walking away with, with their best year still ahead of them. But everybody wants Alabama and Georgia. But you realize this, this isn't this isn't the best competition in the country. This is the elite competition in the country. And it's hard enough to get on the field on the current team I'm own. And I got to deal with a kid that's from Southern California who just happened to be the number one running back, had, you know, 3,000 yards and 60 touchdowns. It's time to move on, man. And plus – once I've gotten all I'm supposed to get out of college, and that's hopefully becoming the best player I can be, it's time to you know uh, move my talents on to the next level.
1: Well, I think for college football players, there are a wide variety of of, of goals, of priorities, of things you want to accomplish, things you want to do, and. Uh, You wish every student athlete the best, but I wouldn't necessarily be stunned that just because you played for a Georgia or an Alabama and maybe even if you were playing that you felt like another opportunity was one that might be best for you. We see guys, uh, uh, you see student athletes transfer all the time for, for a wide variety of reasons. So, yes, movement to follow. You are right, Kevin. When the college football season ends, the news does not. Uh, whether you're talking about the transfer portal, whether you're talking about the NFL draft, I saw within the last few minutes Alabama nose guard DJ Dale coming mm-hmm. back to yeah. school. Yeah, Maybe a little bit of a surprise there. I believe DeMarco Helms as well. Safety for Alabama coming back to go along with Henry To'o Toho from earlier today. So uh, some uh, defensive players for Alabama deciding to return to Tuscaloosa for 2020.
0: And could we see that be part of that? We saw that with Georgia. A lot of guys came back this year to do what just happened when the national championship could we see, I mean, I know you say Alabama guys get it all the time, but could you see those guys come back and say, Hey, we want to finish mm-hmm. with the national yeah, championship. Yeah. And again, they're number one in a lot of, uh, a lot of preseason polls already with great recruiting class coming in, a lot of returning guys coming back. And I uh, I guess, does he get mad anymore? if you're Nick Saban, do you get mad anymore? And we didn't win. It's like, Or a motivated Nick Saban I guess
2: people are worried about. Oh, he is motivated. And the thing is, too, I will say this. Nick Saban didn't smile after the SEC championship game. Obviously, he didn't smile in the college football playoff semifinal. But I, I saw him, you know – Legitimately up there with a Curtis Watson because he knows how hard it is. Look, man, I never said once again. I'm gonna say I never said I couldn't be beat. But you guys went out there with the winning formula. But that's the thing, though, Kevin and BJ is that you can appreciate about Nick Saban. Look at the way his team plays these guys leave nothing out there for you know they don't want to leave no doubt and if you beat them always look at who beats them hey man who beats them oh man you know uh uh you know 2018 lsu you know uh 2016 uh you know clemson 2021 georgia these some of the best teams so it's, it's almost like they're all in a race right georgia raced alabama in a sprint georgia beat listen alabama usually is faster than georgia Georgia beat them at the finish line, but Georgia also broke the record. So you beat them, but they forced something out of you because when when, when when what happened to Stetson Bennett, most people that's it. You're going they're gonna take all the confidence away from you. But yeah, Kevin, a motivated uh, Nick Saban will be back next year. And this this crimson tide team, know what? Bryce Young doesn't. Bryce Young did something that I ain't seen happen yet. Won the Heisman, or lost the national championship. Usually win the Heisman, win the national championship. But yeah, surprise surprise, Alabama's gonna be really really good. That is that is <laughs> gonna that's got to be breaking news.
0: Yeah yeah, we'll uh, we'll be sure to roll that across the ticker uh, any moment now. Georgia gonna be very good as well. We've yes. got more to come here. Three and out. We are live at the Savannah Civic Center, site of the end market Savannah Hockey Classic. You got Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, and Florida State on hand here for the next two nights. A whole lot of fun if you not been uh, scur- sh- uh surely an event you need to come check out this is three and out all across the southern pigskin radio network streaming live at espncoaster.com love to hear from you on twitter as well at pigskin radio uh these four teams will play here before moving over to the uh new in market arena in 2023 so uh, the frozen finale here at the uh, savannah civic center should be a whole lot of fun encourage you to come on out and take in the festivities <coughs> excuse me a lot of folks already starting to come in and get ready to go first uh, face off is at six o'clock so uh, get on down here find you a place to uh to park and uh, come get ready for a fun night of uh, of hockey action just saw the florida state squad walk into the arena uh bj so uh they're getting ready to, to go uh and play georgia tech here in just a little while
1: and i think i saw on twitter new uniforms with the uh, garnet and gold trim there uh, but, but we've seen the the spear with the with the hockey stick and we've seen the the, I guess the uh, the different variations of that. Right. They went with more of the script FSU this year. So we'll see when the other ones uh, do their introductions, and we'll give you a report on the uniforms.
0: <laughs> the, always good to have the uniform uh, the breakdown here at the Hockey Classic. And, again, if you've got the family, come on out. A lot of family-friendly activities from uh, Chuck-A-Puck to Slapshot Contest in between uh, the periods there as well, and a lot of interactive things that go on throughout the night. So uh, a little bit of something for everybody here, even if you're not a huge hockey fan. As BJ has said, come out. You can uh, really have a lot of fun taking in this event over the next couple of nights. You can buy tickets right here at the uh, Civic Center box office or go to SavannahHockeyClassic.com, and you can buy some there as well. We talked about player changes and movement in and out. Uh, BJ and, and Ben last segment in the NFL, certainly, once you get to this point, uh, it is – Coaching changes uh, at, at a big point, and we've seen uh, several guys. Uh, Texans, uh, David Culley, uh, he was uh, fired uh, recently. Uh, Brian Flores, I think that one probably a little more strange, uh, given how the uh, the Dolphins played down the stretch, fired recently as well. And I know that's brought up again, been the subject of of opportunities uh, for uh, minority coaches, especially one I think in Brian Flores. That and, and and again, I don't know if it's one hundred percent motivated by that, but a guy that. Performed really well down the stretch and probably will be hired in the next little bit. But kind of when he was fired, he said, this is a guy that looked like it was going in the right direction there for the Dolphins.
2: It really, really was. Uh, it, it's disappointing. And uh, you want to get to a point to where I just, you know, I act as if these things don't bother me, but they do. You you talk about Dave, you talked about Coach Curley. What was he supposed to do? Like, when you think about the Houston Texans, no Deshaun Watson all season. Nobody expecting them to do anything. Then we talk about Coach Brian, Flores. Coach Flores. You're saying to yourself, okay, we started off, what, one and eight, we ended up with one and seven, we ended up eight and one down the stretch. I, I, I say this all the time, and I'm going to keep saying this. You do, do not hire me because I am a black man, but do not not hire me because I am. Because at the end of the day, we want the most qualified people, right? Mike Tomlin is the only, you know, uh, black coach left in the National Football League. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. If you were talking, if if you were talking about trying to have the best, think about this: when when Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith were both in the National Football League, they both played in the Super Bowl together. So, one of the most least represented, you know, uh, demographics in, in coaching at the head coach position are both in the Super Bowl. That's showing you what could happen. Now, I will say this. this could come down to who you're most comfortable with at the highest level. Now, obviously, you're comfortable enough to get them at coordinators, as players. But I'm talking about people that run teams, GMs, presidents, head coaches. Now, when you think about when you think about the owners, look, when you own something, you know, when it's yours, you decide what you do with it. But everybody that you employed that's actually the product on the field, you know, are mostly African-American. But when it comes to the head coach, what I think, what I think happens though, Kevin and BJ is as much as things change, I mean they stay the same. It, it becomes this thing. Nepotism is killing the NFL. Most of these coaches around the league know somebody or they friends with somebody, and that's who you want to. That's who you want to run your franchises. But I just think that the Brian Flores things show you that it's not. It's it's not production because you can't get much better than that. And that's and that's what Tua. And that's a totally different story when you talk about black quarterbacks. But I just think it's, it's just very, very disappointing because let me say this. I am not begging the NFL to hire black head coaches. I am saying, what is the problem? What are you seeing that I'm not seeing? If I'm defiant and a white guy is defiant, am I more defiant? No. If I'm, if I'm productive and a white guy is productive, is he more productive? I want to be able to say this. And I'm going to say it. Matt Rule. Cliff Kingsburg, they were, they was all right as head coaches. They, I mean, in college, and they got to be head coaches in the National Football League. Has Matt Rule been good since he's been in the league? No. Is he getting fired? No. Cliff Kingsburg is having a good season. And, but what happens is Adam Gates was awful with the Dolphins. What happened to him? He got to be the head coach of the Jets. So what I'm saying is give them the opportunity to be awful and still Get opportunities. That is what I'm talking about when it all when it's all said and done. Because last time I checked, you're not beating better checks. you're not beating the Andy Regis of the world, but that is the exception. Adam Gates was awful two places and he got opportunities at both places in the same division. So Coach Kelly and then Coach Flores, Byron Leftwich, and when people saying, Oh, Eric B enemy quote isn't interviewing well. Yeah, because I don't interview, I'm a coach. I don't sit here and say, yeah, man. I mean, I I'm not here to talk about my favorite color and what I like to do in my downtime. Look at Patrick Mahomes and what he's done since I've been uh, coaching under him. So, yeah, I, I, I'll never, ever like it. I'm always going to be speaking on behalf. I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of what's right. Do not hire me because of how I look, but do not not hire me because of how I look. And that seems to be the norm at the, with, with these NFL franchises here in 2022.
1: Well, and, I mean, Ben, you look in the league and one black head coach in and, and, and Mike Tomlin, and that's unacceptable. And there are so many – Qualified candidates who have earned an opportunity to be a head coach. I mean, you mentioned Eric Bieniemy. What more could you possibly want on a resume? You cannot have a better resume to be a head coach in the National Football League than Eric Bieniemy. You look at you look at Brian Flores, uh, 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 Coach Cully, and Coach Flores. Brian Flores inherited a very difficult situation. They were not going to be in the Super Bowl in two or three years, and Brian Flores has had them right there as a contending playoff team and finished as one of the hottest teams in the country. And you get, and you get fired. David Culley, you know, with all due respect, your, 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 your quarterback was Davis Mills who was not even talked about had a good career at Stanford, but was not even talked about as being a franchise type quarterback before the draft. And you fire those guys for, for what? I, I mean, why? And and I think when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, a number of candidates, you know, you've seen candidates all over the place from Bill O'Brien to, you know, Doug Peterson, whoever else. But I think if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, Brian Flores has an excellent resume in the National Football League as a head coach. He has taken a franchise that has been downtrodden, mm-hmm. elevated them to one of the hottest franchises in the league, and he got fired? inexplicably mm-hmm. for what and and it, the, the 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 same opportunities need to be there and i think if if you're the jaguars you're looking at eric Bienamy. You're looking at Brian Flores. I think Jim Caldwell would be a tremendous hire.
2: Who won I mean, in Detroit, by the way. Yeah,
1: and you're seeing uh, Jared Mayo's being talked about as a potential mm-hmm. coach, Leslie Frazier. You're seeing yeah. some names, and you hope these opportunities come to fruition because they have not. The mm-hmm. opportunities have not been there. And when you have had opportunities, Brian Flores, what, in Miami, what, two years? Yeah, uh, yeah. Coach Cully, David Cully in Houston for one year, and and that's just that's just not right.
2: I- <laughs> This is the this is the thing that that goes over most of these uh, owners' head. If, you know, my son is 12 years old. If he was playing baseball, and he said, "Daddy, I need to learn how to. I need I need you to help with my swing." You know, I'm gonna call I'm gonna call Kevin. Not because Kevin is white, but because Kevin knows baseball. Right? That's resonating with with my child. When you talk about coaches, a lot of times I think you co- could
0: call somebody better than me. Yeah, but hold on. But But this is
2: another reason why I'm calling Kevin. Kevin knows me. So Kevin's going to give my son somebody he knows he works with. And listen, he, you're not going to tell him nothing if you tell anybody else. But Kevin, tell me when you got some type of bond with who you're dealing with, that makes it better. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is when you think about that's what's not being said. A lot of these teams don't lose because the culture is bad. Tom Coughlin did not win the Super Bowls until he started resonating with the culture of the team, not just the players on the team. You got more black players coming into the league that need somebody that can say, hey, man, hey, this is how you. This is how you handle being a pro. Because I'm telling you, when you see somebody that looks like you at the highest ranking positions, it, when it comes to what you do, that makes me go, okay. Because the respect level, I'm, I don't want to just be respected as the person that works on the first floor. Show me you respect me by president. I'm going to talk to the. If I'm going to talk to the president, he looked like me. I'm going to talk to the GM. who looks like me. We can have real talk. Floyd Reese that drafted me, a white guy. He resonated with me because he treated me like a person. I just happened to be a player. So I'm just thinking when you talk about the culture, it's bigger than X and O's. It is. It go it goes so much farther than that. Most of these players are coming from certain situations. Brian Flores, he had immigrant parents, and he got to be a head coach at the National Football League. So when people go, what is what is the greatest thing we could become? Brian Flores represents that stuff. And only one coach gonna win it. People, he ain't win Super Bowls. Most that's mo, the most, that's most coaches in the league. It's not, it's not gonna win Super Bowls. So I just think that it's a bigger conversation that needs to be had. And that's why I think in order to really break this thing up, you're gonna have to have, uh, you know, uh, somebody, somebody of you know African American descent in the ownership side of things because you got to break up the country club just a little bit to say, hey, man. If we can win your Super Bowls, we can help coach these teams as well. We'll see what happens. But I don't want to come off as we're asking for handouts. Brian Flores, these guys understand X and O's. And I don't know what the hell Stephen Ross yep. wants down there in Miami because last time I checked, he's had some – he had Adam Gase – and you firing um, Brian for cooking out of there. With well, that I answer. mean,
0: apparently Brian Flores is already interviewing with the Bears. So uh, uh, it looks like he'll be, as BJ said, probably back in the league. Byron left, which has been a, a prominent guy that's been thrown out there as, uh, as a head coach. So I do think you'll see some guys get hired in this process. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out, obviously. But it does seem that there are a lot of guys who are. I mean, I don't think Brian Flores is going to be out of work very long uh, out of uh, Miami the way it seems to be going. We've got more to come here three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Also, get some uh, NFL playoff picks as the uh, playoffs begin tomorrow. You actually have a Monday playoff game as well. What are they calling this? uh, Super. Super Wild Card weekend uh, here in the NFL, so we'll get some picks coming up here in just a little bit. But we're getting ready for Georgia. Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State squaring off the next couple of nights. Florida State and Georgia Tech going to face off here in a little bit less than an hour right here at the Civic Center. And they're calling it the Frozen Finale, the final time here at the Civic Center. Why? Because they'll be moving over to the new in-market arena which will uh, host the Hockey Classic and the home of the Savannah Ghost Pirates and their Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing, Anthony Bins, joining us here on 3 and Out. Anthony, welcome to the show. How are you?
4: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you guys so much for having us yeah. on. I really appreciate it. Appreciate
0: you coming on. First off, tell folks about the Savannah Ghost Pirates and, and people might be going Ghost Pirates. Tell folks about it if they haven't heard what exactly is going to be going on when uh, when uh, that hockey season rolls around there at the, uh, the in-market
4: arena. Absolutely. So, we're the new professional hockey team here in town. Uh, we're going to be in the ECHL. Uh, essentially, it's equivalent to the Double A affiliate in baseball. So, we'll announce a professional hockey team affiliate later in the spring. Um, we can't really say anything yet. Just, you know how league rules go. Right. But. We will be playing at in market Arena. Our season will run from October to April. And just, uh, you know, we're really blessed to be here in Savannah. It's been absolutely amazing so far.
1: I was going to say, great sports town. You know, people amazing. passionate about so many different teams. And I know there's a lot of excitement about what you guys are doing. The name is so cool. And I know a lot of people are talking about that. What's the energy like from your perspective, becoming a part of the community? I know it's, what, eight, nine months out. Getting ready for the start of the season, what's the process been like for you and your staff?
4: It's been unbelievable. So I got here in July, and we started seat selection in October, and we're still going with seat selection. Uh, the amount of support here in the Savannah community is unlike anything I've been part of. Uh, I've been in the ECHL for almost ten years now, and uh, all the teams are envious of what we got going here in Savannah. We haven't even played yet, and I can tell you right now we have one of the best fan bases in the entire league, just based on the amount of passion we have. Uh, all the NHL markets are going to be covered. Um, you know, we get to talk nine to five every day with hockey fans. So, uh, you know, very fortunate to be doing what we're doing. Uh, we get to talk every single day about our love of hockey, but we also get to just meet amazing people here in the community. So, it's uh, it's surely just been uh, you know, the easiest six months of life I've ever had. So, uh, I can't wait for next year.
0: Anthony, explain a little bit about the uh, the ECHL. You said it's equivalent to like double A hockey. Now, is it like uh, the the G League where you're affiliated with multiple franchises, or would you be an affiliate of one? NHL franchise obviously
4: kind of a, a true minor league feeder system how how exactly does that work that's a wonderful question so luckily on my side of things I'm not on player development <laughs> so if, uh, you know I'm really blessed to not be doing that um, but usually you have one true affiliate uh, you can have working relationships with other teams I mean it's always beneficial for that but you have one primary feeder team so you know making sure you have the perfect affiliates really important um, you know it really sets up your franchise for a lot of success on the ice so um you know we're owned by jacksonville iceman they have a fantastic organization down there and uh, our president bob arabola really knows what he's doing when it comes to working with affiliates so uh very excited to, to have our affiliate announcement coming up here in the spring just uh you got to keep it under, you know, right, lock and key <laughs> right saying, yeah. we're going to keep prying. We're going to try to get, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I, well, it was nice while I was here in yeah. Savannah. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh,
1: obviously you think about tonight with the, you know, community events that are going to be happening and the, you know, getting fans involved. You think about like the Savannah bananas and how important is it going to be for the ghost pirates to not only go out and play good competitive hockey and develop talent, but get fans involved and make sure it's a fan friendly, family friendly event.
4: It's paramount. I mean, having fan engagement and interaction when people come to the the events, it needs to feel like, Hey, this is Savannah as a whole, you know, don't get me wrong. We want to win every single game we play, but if we're not interacting with our crowd, we're not building that fan base, you know, it's going to be tough. But for us, you know, we're dedicated to growing our fan base. Um, I mean, this is a wonderful event right here. It just showcases the community of Savannah as a whole and it really just shows you, you know, there's a lot of great sport ambassadors here in Savannah that truly care about the game of hockey. So when you come out to our game, there's going to be a lot of entertainment. Um, you know, the bananas get thrown around a lot. Jesse Cole's a mastermind of entertainment. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited just to get out in the community and uh, do some fun, exciting ideas at our games.
0: I saw a Ghost Pirates jersey walking by just a second ago uh, <laughs> all, already. But uh, then this the, the Frozen finale here, they'll be heading over to the uh, in-market arena. Next go-round for the in-market uh, Savannah Hockey Classic. That will be your home uh, there as well. What can you tell us about the the new arena? I know a lot of folks really talking about it and what a great facility for Savannah to have. And uh, that will certainly be the home of the Ghost Pirates. So what, what can you tell us about that? I know they're getting close to unleashing it into the wild, so to speak. <laughs> but
4: uh, what can you tell us about the, that facility? You know, I've been in, you know, I'd, I'd say close to 100 professional facilities across the country. And they did such a wonderful job taking into the perspective of every single seat in that building. You know, whether you come to every game, you come to every concert or you're going to one event per year for a family, there's not a bad seat in that place. Uh, They did such a wonderful job, uh, really making sure that it's easy to get to concession stands, get in and out of the building and just the the aesthetics of the building is just absolutely wonderful. It's going to be a loud environment. The way they built it it's going to be a very loud environment
1: Uh, finally for folks who want to learn more about the franchise uh, uh, get some gear and maybe uh, 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 get involved on social media can they do that
4: absolutely Uh, you know for anybody looking to get involved you know ghostpirateshockey.com that's where we pretty much live Uh, social media it's ghost pirates hockey again Um, you know we're very active on there we're gonna be doing all kinds of fun fan votes uh, leading up to the season with different hockey traditions so you know anything we can do to get back to our community that's what we're here for Uh, We'll play some hockey, but we're looking just to get involved in the community and make sure we're giving back more than we're taking.
0: Anthony Binge, Senior VP of Sales and Marketing, Savannah Ghost Pirates, joining us here on 3 and Out. Anthony, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Absolute honor, gentlemen. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. And, of course, the Savannah Ghost Pirates going to be playing there at the in-market arena, uh, which is set to open relatively soon. But you heard him say they will begin play coming up in October of 2022. So uh, minor league hockey uh, coming to Savannah. And now that the, uh, the gates are open, a lot of hockey fans filing in. Here, oh, yeah. getting ready for Florida State, Georgia Tech. Already a bunch of Georgia fans in here, uh, getting ready for a primo seat uh, to yell at the Florida fans uh, when uh, when that one rolls around a little bit later tonight.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good chat there, and uh, excited about the future of the Ghost Pirates. Awesome name, and uh, you have the facility upcoming as well. But yeah, just j- just a great energy at this event. Uh, it's cool seeing the jerseys. Uh, it, you don't every day, at least for me, the see the
0: sweaters ton- that you oh, said they were.
1: You don't, yeah, yeah. Soccer is kits. You have sweaters for hockey. <laughs> you don't every day see a ton of hockey sweaters, at least uh, at least for me in Coastal Georgia. And uh, to see all the teams represented is really cool. And then the lines for the for the gear. I think they're selling Georgia hockey gear right in front of mm-hmm. us. So you show up with a uh, Georgia football jersey, you leave with a Georgia hockey sweater, and. I think if you could add a Thrasher Cup to a national championship, there's a cherry on top uh, uh, for local fans here. But uh, really neat to see, you know, so many different, uh, you know, community folks out and about, involved, uh, engaged, like the uh, like the uh, Ghost Pirates there. But it's it's starting to fill up, Kevin. I mean, what we're what 45 minutes or so, roughly an hour away, less than an hour away from the start. I think first first game's Georgia Tech, Florida State, and then I think you'll have. Uh, Georgia and Florida a little bit later tonight so a doubleheader tonight a doubleheader tomorrow and this is a great event it really is and you can come
0: out and buy tickets right here uh, at the box office at the Civic Center and uh, come out and enjoy two nights worth of hockey and you, the crowds have always been really really good uh here and again good to have this event back after a uh, a year off uh in 2020 uh good to have this back and I think as you said the you, you think about uh, the level of hockey i mean none of these guys are on scholarship they just right. they they want to play right this is what it's all about they're, they're representing their school they want to play uh and and get out here and and, and show off for the fans and that's what they're going to get ready to do here coming up in just a little bit so come join us here at the uh, the civic center Uh should be a lot of fun bj we got to get into some nfl picks oh boy sure to go wrong i'm you know we i don't know what we were hitting on on uh, college football but it wasn't 100%. I think I y'all did that. better
1: than I. I. I'm pretty sure – I think Cody won. That's which, embarrassing. Which is something. That's me. embarrassing. That is really something. So, shout out to Cody. I think he sent him. he might be listening on the stream. I yeah, I probably. I uh, 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 sent out a message earlier. But I think I was probably down near the bottom. So, don't take my picks – with any credibility coming up in the next segment.
0: Yeah, Christian, I think, made a late late charge and finished second, I think. Or
1: or, or, or second, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cody won Christian second, is that right?
0: I think so. How Cody won, I I, I still refuse to believe that that actually happened. So we've got so much to get to. We'll get to our NFL picks when we come back. We're live at the Savannah Civic Center getting ready for the in-market Savannah Hockey Classic, Georgia Tech, Florida State. First up, coming up in about 45 minutes. This is 3 and Out, all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here, 3 and Out, on this Friday afternoon. Uh, college football, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, national champions of the uh, college football world. And joining us here, find her writing about college football, ESPN.com. Andrea Adelson uh, joins us here on 3 and Out. Andrea, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? Uh, we're doing fantastic. And uh, from a uh, writer's standpoint, how do you uh, write a better story than what Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs pulled off uh, on Monday night?
5: Well, maybe Hollywood scriptwriters could buy, write something better than that. But obviously, it was such an outstanding story to watch firsthand, in person, to see what Stetson Bennett was able to do uh, coming back uh, after the called fumble, thinking, oh, my gosh, is this the end of the road for Georgia and him willing himself Uh, and Georgia to be able to come back and win that game. The play of the offensive and defensive lines, particularly in the second half, especially when there was so much conversation about whether this team could rise to the occasion and finally win a championship for the first time in 41 years and get past their nemesis, Alabama, to see the way it all played out, specifically in the fourth quarter, um, really uh, it's hard to write a better story than what we witnessed on Monday night.
1: And we've seen Georgia be close to that national championship, get close to that national championship a couple of times this millennium. Uh, What what was the difference in your mind this season?
5: Obviously, when you look at what the defense was able to do for the majority of the season, and I think that the SEC championship game probably benefited them in some way because it was a wake-up call for them. So many Georgia players said that on the Zoom press conferences, both, uh, during the semifinal week against Michigan and again leading into the national championship, that nothing was going to be handed to them, that they hadn't won anything yet. and Maybe they went into the SEC championship game with that type of attitude and being hit in the mouth the way that they did, I think sent them back to practice with uh, an even bigger resolve to come back and say that was not us. We need to do a better job on the biggest stage, and I think that played out for them, especially in the second half of the game. After Alabama lost Jamison Williams, you could kind of see the air going out a little bit on the Alabama sideline. A lot of things they were able to do with Jamison and John Mechie uh, in their offense they just could not do, and I think Georgia kept bearing down with the way they were playing up front and with their linebackers uh, in the game using some design blitzes to really throw Bryce Young off and, and rattle him it was a completely different game for Bryce Young in the National Championship game than we saw in the SEC Championship game and I think a lot of that was due to the commitment of that defense really stepping up and saying we can't have a repeat of what happened in Atlanta we need to show this team how great we've been all season long and I think that really played out uh, on Monday.
2: Deshaun Watson uh, you talk about Trevor Lawrence. You talk about Tua. You talk about big-name five-star quarterbacks that is going to have big-time NFL careers. Stetson Bennett, no one, obviously, and maybe even uh, the Georgia faithful didn't think he could get it done. How much do you think he reshaped how we look at the quarterback position, even if he did have an incredible defense and a pretty good supporting cast?
5: Look, I think Stetson Bennett deserves all the credit in the world, not only for doing what he did in the championship game, But for withstanding all of the criticism that he has faced throughout the course of his career, especially after the SEC championship game. I mean, how many times did we hear he's not the guy who can win the game for Georgia? Look, if things get. Uh, to, to uh, uh, crazy down the line. How is Stetson going to be able to come back and help this team win? Look at Stetson compared to Bryce Young. Look at Stetson compared to JT Daniels. Look at Stetson compared to all the quarterbacks that, that you just mentioned. How is someone like that going to be able to win? And for the first time in a really long time, we saw a former walk-on help his team win a national championship. So I just think seeing him do that just shows that a belief in yourself, a confidence in yourself, no matter what other people are saying about you. And the belief and confidence that your teammates have in you is more meaningful than perhaps what the stars say next to your name. And I think that was a good um, lesson for a lot of folks who are watching and especially a lot of kids who are watching and, and seeing what Seth and Bennett did in this game. That. Okay, uh, look at this guy uh, who tried so hard and had to leave Georgia and come back and was it walked on and was it going to be him, was it not? He wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season. To see what he did, uh, I just think it, it, it means so much for those of us who are always looking for ways to find motivation and inspiration that sometimes it's not always about the stars, but it's about what you have inside you that allows you to become a leader and a champion.
0: Andrew Adelson joining us here on 3 and Out, and certainly the win. A lot of people think kind of broke that ceiling uh, for Georgia, who's been set up to kind of mirror Alabama at at, at this point. Could we be seeing another one of those programs that's just constantly right there uh, at the top of the standings uh, talking about winning a national championship to go along uh, with Alabama each and every year?
5: there's no reason to believe that things are going to end for Georgia right here. When you look at what Kirby Smart has done building up this program, what they've done with the investment in their facilities, and obviously what they're doing on the recruiting trail, uh, you have to sit here and think that this is only the beginning in terms of the capability and possibility of winning championships, right? For so long, Um, the Georgia fans didn't feel like they could have hope because when they started hoping, things started going wrong. And I've got a very close friend who's a Georgia fan uh, who constantly reminds me of this and reminded me of this on the day of the championship game. She was feeling hopeful, but she didn't want to feel hopeful just in case. Uh, And so now that some of those mental, I think, hurdles have been cleared, I think that this opens up so much – for Georgia. um, And they're not going to stop recruiting at a high level. They're not going to stop building the program in the model and shape of what Nick Saban has done at Alabama. And as long as Kirby Smart is the head coach there, uh, I would expect to continue doing what they've done uh, and to be a real threat to win championships every single year.
1: Mark Rick did a fantastic job in Athens, elevated the status quo at Georgia. Then Kirby Smart is now taking it to that that next step. What has been the biggest key? I mean, how has Kirby Smart been able to do this in a relatively short period of time, taking a program that was great and then getting it to that, you know, if there is a higher level, getting them to that standard?
5: It's a great question. and Mark Rick deserves a ton of credit for what he did there. I hope there's a renewed sense of gratefulness for what Mark did during his time at Georgia. But you're right. He got that program to one level, and now Kirby has elevated it to a championship level. But Kirby had a blueprint. He saw what it took at Alabama to get there. Uh, He saw the, quote, process, uh, and he essentially implemented almost everything that he learned under Nick Saban, for what it would take to win a championship there. They're recruiting uh, at a higher level, and their facilities are better than they were under Mark Rick. They've made a, a real big time investment in that to be able to keep up with what the Alabamas of the world had. You know, at one point, Georgia was very much like. Florida, where you're saying, we don't need to have that investment in facilities. We're Georgia. We sell ourselves. We're in a great recruiting footprint. uh, And we can just go out and get guys to win. And that may have worked 10 or 12 or 15 years ago. But now you've got to have that type of investment in facilities. And Georgia has that now. Um, They've got Uh, the money to be able to pay assistant coaches. Uh, They've got the ability to recruit whomever they want Uh, and they've also had a staff that has developed their players in a way uh, to allow them to be able to win championships. So it's great that the foundation for success was already there for Kirby. He wasn't starting from scratch. He already had this program that knew what it meant to find success. But what it means to win championships is something that's a little bit different. And I think being at Alabama and learning for as long as he did under Nick Saban has truly benefited Georgia and gotten them to a point now where I think they can compete for championships every year.
2: I mean, the one thing about Nick Saban, they always talk about his coaching trees and what the, what the guys that coach under him are able to go on and do. You look at Kirby Smart. I mean, he's kind of doing that for the guys that coach under him. Mel Tucker, the first African-American coach to get a $95 million extension. Sam Pittman, what he's doing at Arkansas. I mean, you look at Dan Landon going to Oregon. Bigger than what George is doing and the product on the field is working, but look at what he's doing for the guys that's not being, not just being offensive defense defensive coordinators. He's helping guys get you know, head coaching jobs at big-time programs.
5: You're absolutely right, and that's yet another sign of a successful coach who is not only building a program for his players but is also helping branch those trees out, so to speak, right, where you're able to get guys, uh, because of the success that you've had, to go and get big-time head coaching jobs where they can plant the seeds And their programs, and that's how the tree grows and blooms. And people talk about not only Nick Saban, but they talk about Bill Belichick uh, and his coaching tree and some of the assistants that have gone out, particularly in the NFL, to get jobs. That is the measure of success uh, in the coaching ranks, is whether you're able to do that for your assistants. And we're seeing that play out for Kirby Smart now, and I think we'll continue to see that play out Uh, as long as he's at Georgia and they continue to have the success that they have.
0: Andrea Adelson, our guest here on 3 and Out. Andrea, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much.
5: All right, guys. Thanks for having me again.
0: Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Andrea Adelson joining us at ESPN.com. You can catch her work covering college football right there. She does a great job. We've got more to come here on 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We get ready for Georgia Tech, Florida State uh, facing off here in about 25 minutes at the uh, Savannah Civic Center. So still plenty of time to come on out and enjoy it. Again, uh, Georgia and Florida will follow. Then tomorrow it's uh, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech uh, starting at 530 on Saturday. So a full weekend of the Savannah Hockey Classic still upcoming. We've got the NFL playoffs coming up uh, this weekend uh, as well. Let's get into a a little pick. Uh, here this weekend as we get to the Super Wild Card Weekend uh, here in the National Football League. Let's start with the Saturday games. You got the Raiders at the Bengals.
2: I think at the end of the day, uh, Kevin and BJ, when you think about this game, obviously I'm tormented because I do want you know uh, them Raiders to finally get over the hump with everything they've had to go through this year. I am a huge fan of Darren Waller and what he means more than just football and going you know uh, being the face uh, you know sobriety and things of that nature. But Kevin, BJ. I believe in Joe Burrow and Higgins and, you know, and, and obviously in Chase and Mixon. So while the Raiders are a feel-good story, Rich Masage, you're probably going from an interim head coach to head coach, depending on what they're doing offseason. I got them young Cincinnati Bengals moving on, Kevin and BJ.
1: Yeah, it's, it's always tough when you have a franchise that hasn't done this in a while, hasn't been a uh, historical uh, winner or, or contender to pick them in the playoffs. But I like this roster. I like this roster a lot. Uh, for the Bengals, and it starts with Joe Burrow. I think they have more playmakers. I think a little more balance uh, at home helps. So I will take Cincinnati to win in advance.
0: I'm going to go with Oakland. Oh. Uh, they've been kind of a well, Las uh, uh,
2: uh, no,
0: Vegas plan. I saw I saw Raiders <laughs> on the sheet, and I fell back into the old had Las Vegas. That's where I'm having my bowl game been. So uh exactly Las Vegas right. right. I'm gonna say the you know what Yeah, yeah, is. Kevin, you know <laughs> what it is, bowl game. <laughs> I said I'm there to present the trophy I'm out. But uh no, you have uh the Raiders I, look, I just like the way this team played. And again, maybe it's a minute thing, but there's a team that also could have just played it conservatively and said, Well, we'll tie and, yeah. and go but they they ended up saying, Nope, we're gonna we're gonna be aggressive till the end. And they won. They've also played much better. If they gave out awards for best rookie head coach of the year, Oakland might get that. Uh, Garrett Las Vegas might get that done, but I'm going to go with the Raiders getting it done on Saturday. Mild upset. It is Cincinnati, after all. Didn't they only win one when they had Andy Dalton? I mean, it's been a minute, right? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. this isn't one of those teams like, oh, we get the playoffs. We win in the playoffs. Bengals going to have to prove it to me. Patriots at Bills on Saturday. Man, that's another just amazing matchup. I know Georgia is expecting a little snow. So if we're getting snow in North Shore, I don't know what in the world it's going to look like up in Buffalo, Uh, but Bills and Patriots on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, and I just think I trust the experience of Josh Allen a little bit more than the experience of Mac Jones, and I think both teams are really good defensively, uh, maybe a few more offensive weapons for Buffalo, but I think you're talking about a quarterback who's been around a little longer, home field advantage, and maybe one or two extra playmakers. I'm not sure that there's a player like like Stephon Diggs mm-hmm. uh, there with the Patriots, so because of that, I think Buffalo. This could be a team that makes a run at the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with the Bills.
2: I'm going to go with the one who everybody said he couldn't do it without. He, he couldn't do it without Tom Brady. Look. Mac Jones has grown up, people. He's no longer a rookie. He was a rookie last year in the regular season. It is the postseason, means he's led his team back to the postseason. Give me them young Patriots with that, with that, with, with those two killers at the tight end position with John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, a running game, a defense, and frigid temperatures. I mean, the wind chill going to be it's already going to be in the teens, Kevin. With the wind chill, that's why you don't go to Buffalo because you got to deal with nonsense like that. You betting
0: against Belichick, or you are not betting against Belichick? I'm going to go with Ben. I think. Look. If they were playing somebody other than the Bills, the Bills have been one of those inconsistent teams, especially down the street. I mean, they got shut down by the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the Jags, baby. No, 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 no. That's ask the who? No, ask no. Indy about the Yeah, <laughs> no, no. no. They got true. shut down. But you've seen Buffalo. All they went from, man, this team is a Super Bowl favorite to what's going on with Buffalo? Why are they playing so inconsistent? Been inconsistent football to me gets you beat in the postseason. I'm going to go with New England, betting on Belichick uh, to go out there and get it done. You got a triple header coming up on Saturday. Let's start Steelers and Chiefs. Hey, Big Ben said, we're not supposed to be here. We're just going to go out and have a good time and see what happens.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the Jags, that's why the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the playoffs. So, uh, you're welcome. The Jaguars taking care of the Steelers there. I don't think this is going to be close. I know you have Big Ben uh, probably ending his career with with, with the Steelers there, but – this is a team that just is on a different level offensively with what they can do in the passing game at home. I don't, I don't see how Pittsburgh keeps up. I think Kansas City wins and wins big.
2: TJ Watt is going to do all he can to try to keep this Pittsburgh team into the game, and then I know that you got Mika Fitzpatrick in that defense. They're going to play with pride. Unfortunately, you got to deal with that uh, Pittsburgh offense and the home of the. Chiefs. Chiefs in a big way against them. Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: I mean, it would be a remarkable story if Big Ben made a run in oh his final God. season.
2: And Patrick Holmes, brother, please sit down somewhere. Don't nobody <laughs> want to see doing the TikTok videos before the game. Get on my nerves.
0: But uh, yeah, you got to go with the Chiefs here on uh, on this one. I, again, the ben, B- Big Ben swan song, I think he puts up a good effort, but the Chiefs a little too much. Another big game that I think is a do you bet against him when it hasn't been wise to do so. Tom Brady and the Bucks hosting the Eagles
1: can't go against Brady. Uh, I, I I like the Eagles core. I like Jalen hurts. I think Jalen hurts is the guy that's going to play a lot of football in the NFL, win a lot of games and be a regular in the postseason. But there's a difference when you have to go to Tampa with Tom there, of course, this time of year. I mean, Brady just threw for more touchdown passes than, than he is old, right? Yes. 44 years old, 45 touchdown passes might, might be the MVP, I just think it's going to be hard to keep up with Gronk and Brady and those guys. I think it'll be close for a while. Uh, uh, happy for Darius Slate, another playoff game for him. But I think you're talking about I think you're talking about a win for the Bucks here with Tom with Tom Brady. If I'm
2: not going to bet against Bill Belichick, I'm definitely not going to bet against the goat Tom Brady. But I do think there's going to be a better game than people give it credit for. The matchup or one of the matchup, VJ. You kind of you kind of uh, you know said a little bit. D uh, Darius Big Play Slate versus Mike Evans. Yep. Problem is. <clears throat> gonna cover Grunk that would be know. nobody nobody know. has been able to solve the problem known as Rob Gronkowski. I got the bucks getting it done in a big way and I think I think uh I think Shaq uh I think Shaq is gonna be back uh that they're uh their outside linebacker. I think he's gonna be back to be able to get some uh you know get get to the passer but Jalen Hurts listen man respect this man Joe Flacco I mean, uh, I mean, talking about, you know, everybody name. I mean, Minshew and those guys. Jalen Hurts is a guy, but he gets to know what it's like to lose in the playoffs. If, if
0: you if you bump off Tom Brady, it becomes a, a <laughs> wide open thing uh, there in the playoffs. Nope, not happening. I, I'm just saying, if you, you do it, it.
4: Are
0: you thinking? It? No, I, oh. no. I, I, look, as I said, you pick against Tom Brady until you're wrong. Right. That's 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 how this works. Uh, I'm going to go with with the Bucks at home. But again, Darius Slay saw this uh, stat out the other day. The lowest quarterback. Uh, lowest QBR when you got him in man coverage. Oh, he's when, as good as he gets. When you're yeah. in man coverage, you're not coming. So so can he shut down one side of the field not and make things a little easier for the Eagles on defense? If they do that, give themselves a chance. Sure. Could be interesting. Uh, but again, I'm not betting against Tom Brady at this point. 49ers at Cowboys.
1: I know a lot of people are saying keep an eye on this one because it'd be a classic Cowboys letdown, right, to have the great regular season and then be at home. And then the 49ers sneak in and they come down. and. But I like Dallas. I think Dallas has a good team. I think it's a good roster balance. Cam's over here shaking his head. He hates when I do that. But I think I think Dallas has – you have the franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think Dak's ready for the next step. Uh-huh. You have playmakers all over the field. Uh-huh. Got one of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh-huh. Defensively, you're, you're – you're, 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 yeah, you're good Trade at every in. level. Yeah. And you probably have a rookie who's Trade going to be the in. NFL defensive player of the year. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I I just think uh, – and I know you're setting it up to go the other way. I uh-huh. can already sense it. What? But I think I think Dallas wins this game and actually wins comfortably. Now, Go wait ahead. A minute, wait
2: a minute. Go ahead. Did y'all hear that? Can you hear that? Debo. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> all I'm saying, BJ, is this. Me and Kevin have told you this. Who has the most fun at the party is the one that snuck in. That's not supposed to be there. Listen, these this this team was riddled with injuries all year long. I know you still got to deal with Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo. First, I mean, first-team all-pro wide receiver. George Kittle still one of the top five, uh, you know, tight ends in the league. Who's going to stop? Joey Bosa. BJ, I know you love the Bosa brothers. This is Joey Bosa. He's going to go out there and get it done. I I just think that at the end of the day, listen, San Francisco, you are doing this to bring down the evil empire. You know, Dallas Cowboys giving them San Francisco 49ers. Moving on.
0: And I will say say this. Back in the day when I was in uh, high school uh, – it was Cowboys Niners were squaring off all the time, going That's back right. and forth. Some great matchup. I think this is the first time they've met in the postseason in about 18, 19 years. So it's been a minute since Dallas and San Fran has met. I, 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 again, I, I, Dallas to me has been an, an interesting team to follow. I kind of, I don't want to akin it to the USR team, but I do kind of things like, will Dallas be benefited by the fact that they expanded the playoffs? And it's like, hey, you maybe. Change it up a little bit. I, I think Dallas moves on, but I think this is their one playoff win for the year. I think they get it done over the San Francisco 49ers. They're at home. I think they're a little better than the 49ers. Give me the Cowboys to do it. We also have a Monday night NFL playoff game. I don't know if this is the first time ever, but it's the first time in a long time if they have done it. Cardinals at Rams on Monday night.
1: I think this one's going to be tight. I think this is the toughest one to pick here because a lot of storylines. Uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe J.J. Watt, maybe. I think a chance he's out there, but you're talking about a great quarterback matchup with Stafford and uh, Kyler Murray. Matt Stafford has never won a playoff game. Mm. Never won a playoff game. And Mm. I think the law of averages, I think, look, the the roster's loaded. I mean, you think about.
0: This seems to be the year to break streaks, right? I mean, mean,
1: all the superstars. I mean, Georgia just won a national championship. Matt Stafford's going to win a playoff game, okay? (laughs) That's the way it's going. I think the Cardinals will will score, even on that defense. I think this might be a a high-scoring game. But I'm going to go with LA at home, close.
2: Listen, these two teams are in the same division, play each other, you know, every year. I think Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray and uh, Arizona kind of been that fraudulent, really, really good team. Started out, everybody thought Kyler Murray was going to win. Uh, the MVP, the way he was playing. I don't know if they're gonna have D Hop, BJ. You talking about JJ yeah, Watt. Yeah. The matchup of this game will be Buddha Baker versus BJ's all-time receiver Cooper Cup. Almost broke Calvin Johnson. Cooper right? Cup led lead the league in catches, yards, and receive. I mean, and receiver touchdowns. Is he better than D Hop? Nobody said you don't got to be better than D Hop. But I'll, I've done something that D Hop ain't done in a while. I led it in all major categories. Because Matthew Stafford hasn't done it in a while. It ain't finna happen in 2022. What? Give me them Arizona Cardinals what? to move on. The, listen. The hasn't guy it done that,
0: it in a while. Hasn't done it. Uh, uh, i Hasn't well, has, well, has
2: done it ever. Listen, give me Kyler Murray, the man with the bobblehead out there running around making plays. Give me them Arizona Cardinals on. I on. I Brinker.
0: I, I, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm a believer in Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury probably more in, in the playoffs. I'm going to go with the Rams. Rams have been there. Rams have got a yeah. pretty good defense themselves. Again, Matt Stafford's got to get one sometime, right? Georgia won the national championship. Maybe Matt gets fired up. It's like, hey, the dogs are national champions. Stetson Bennett
2: brought home the mail. I can bring home a playoff win. Okay. Right? Not happening. (laughs) Well, I hope it don't happen. (laughs) I I will say this. Matthew Stafford proved that, listen, he is not just a one-trick pony out there. Uh, You know, uh, NID Detroit responsible for the two best regular season receiving records, Calvin Johnson, Cooper Cup. You know, you got Jalen Ramsey, you got Von Miller, you got Aaron Donald. Kyler Murray, bring, it home. bring so,
0: it home. So there's our NFL picks, sure to go wrong. We're coming to you live from the Savannah Civic Center, ahead of the in-market Savannah Hockey Classic. We are about 13 minutes away from Georgia Tech and Florida State, dropping the puck here, and then Georgia and Florida will play in the nightcap, and tomorrow will be Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, here yep. at the uh, Savannah Civic Center. And again, final uh, year here at the uh, Civic Center before they move over to the new in-market arena. So they're calling this one the Frozen Finale. I think they actually have Frozen Finale on the ice uh, down there. So when you go into the arena uh, tonight, tomorrow, you'll see the Frozen Finale there on the ice. So come on out. Big crowd filing in here as they get ready for a fun night of hockey here at the in-market Savannah Hockey Classic. We've got more to come here 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.